visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, there's classic consoles and computers, there is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. I am Sean, in your face Holly, and to my left, at 200 miles away we have... Hello, <laughs> is it 10p you're looking for? Me, Victor Marlin, hello. That's really thrown me, that Vic. I thought it might, that's why I asked you to do the introductions rather than me. <laughs> <laughs> and you say my singing's bad. Yeah, mine's worse. Mm, excellent. <laughs> I can see you getting involved with some of our friends at Ten Pence Orchestra. I'm trying not to, but the um, it's very difficult not to. <laughs> it's the call of the orchestra. It's the call of the idiot. <laughs> so, what have you been up to since the last podcast, sir? All sorts of stuff. Mm. I've been. I played a bit of Gunsmoke. More about that later. I've been making Bank Panic an, an extra Bank Panic adapter for you for the PCB. So I found out I got four Bank Panic PCBs. Oh, can I say it? Yes, I have yes. original, which has got San Ritsu on it, even if it's a Sega um, thing. I think they they made the PCBs for them. And I've got three identical, apart from one's dark blue, PCBs, bootlegs. Oh. And I wondered if they worked or not. And I know one of them worked, so I put it on and checked it, and it worked fine. That's the one I'm going to send you with your adapter. <laughs> and the other, the other two... I found we're missing some ROMs. So I popped the ROMs in from the working one, and they work fine. One of them's got some little sparkles in the black background when, on when you know it says um, what level you're on. But the game mm. works absolutely fine. So I burnt some more ROMs for the other ones, and they all work fine. So I might as well give you one, because um, I've got three spares I don't really need. So you can have one with, a, with an adapter I made. I'll send it to you. Because we're bound to do Bank Panic in the future shows, aren't we? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's a good game. Uh, I don't it even is, know where I got is. the damn things from. I got Mionks again. I'm not sure why I got three. So, <laughs> good, good, good go home, I think. I also, I fixed something else, mate. I made something work. Go on. I got an Asteroids PCB from our good friend, Phil Nes for Life. Yes. Um, I gave him some stuff, and he gave me some stuff as well. And I'm going to do some little bits and bobs for him for helping him out with his Asteroids cab. And he gave me an Asteroids PCB, and it was untested. He got it from somewhere mm. with a bunch of other stuff. And all he did is he unsoldered a hardwired... Uh, adapter it was on the end of it, someone soldered to the, the edge connector, which is a bad thing to do. So I said, oh, I'll give it a go, and it looked looked physically okay. I got it home the next day after when we'd been out to Steve's meet, and um, I tried it in the cab, and it wasn't working. Or you, If you put it into test mode, it wouldn't go into test mode. If you put it in normal mode, it was just flashing a big sort of line across the screen, and nothing was happening, so obviously it wasn't mm-hmm. working. I took the ROMs out of it and checked them with my ROM button. I, I, I read them out. And I tested them with an online ROM identification, and it, it couldn't find anything for them, it, it, unknown. So I thought, oh, that must be wrong, they must be wrong. Because normally it finds them, and Asteroids is a common game, it finds them. So I re- tried to reburn some EPROMs, and my burner just would not do as it's told. But mm. luckily, I went to see Sarge today for another reason, and he burnt me some ROMs for Asteroids, and he did it absolutely fine. Thanks again, Sarge. And put them in there, and the game came up, but it was flashing, and it wasn't working properly. 
So I put it into test mode, and in test mode, it checks the ROMs and the RAMs, and it checks the RAMs by beeping at you, and it going beep, 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 beep. And I think the sixth beep was a low beep, which is obviously an error. And it yeah. says on the back of the... Um, in the, inside the cabinet door, there's a sort of um, a sheet that tells you the different errors. And it told me that it was error at RAM P4. So you look on the... You cross-reference on the back of the PCB P and 4, and there's a RAM there. So it looked a bit dodgy, so I unsold it with a desoldering gun, put an, a socket in there, and then put a, a brand new um, 2114 RAM in it. Works fine. Brilliant. But it did come up in Spanish first, because the, the dip switch is wrong. Hola, asteroides. <laughs> but it works fine now. Absolutely perfect. So I've got an Asteroids PCB and an Asteroids Deluxe for my oh, Asteroids cab. You are not invited to come and put high scores on it. Oh, it's got a save kit as well, isn't no, it? No, it hasn't, but I might get a save kit for it, because I want to put my pathetic scores on there. So Asteroids Deluxe automatically saved the scores, did it? It does. It saves... After you turn it off, it saves the top three. And as yeah. you're playing, it saves the top ten. But Asteroids mm. doesn't save any. But you can buy a little kit for it, which I'm going to get, I think. Because I like to have mm. high scores on my, on my machines. Very nice. Also, we met up for Steve's Meet in Bedford. Last weekend, weren't it? Yeah. Yes, it was on the Saturday. Awesome! I really enjoyed myself, and I, I actually played quite well. Mm. Steve had a couple of jammer cabs as well as a lot of dedicateds, and I said to him, "Have you got back? Have you got um, Kung Fu Master?" He said, "Yeah, yeah." And I got, he said, "I've got a bit of an error for it. It's a bit well dodgy. That's why I was sort out." And I put it in there, and it had a bit of a. If you moved the edge connector on it, the, the sort of um, the ribbon connectors between the two boards, mm. it was working fine. And in the end, we got it so it was working nicely. So I put it in there. I only completed it on my first go. Well done. You're not in, playing in it for a bit In front of the people as well. Yeah, it's really nice to have a little crowd round. We actually complete it. Mm. Duffed that baddie up in his yellow pyjamas. It was brilliant. What up? Did they put you on your shoulders and on their shoulders and carry you aloft through the arcade? They, they hoisted me aloft, yes. <laughs> I just went, yeah, all right. <laughs> well done. So that was quite fun. And I was playing kicker for a little while. Put popped a 16-1 in the next machine. I was playing kicker for a little while. I thought I'd just put a million on it if I can. I haven't played it for yonks. Did so. Million straight mm. off, Bosch, that's and that's when, when you turned, turned up. up yeah. When I was on about seven hundred eighty thousand, I think at the time, and you, I said, yeah. "I'll be with you in a minute. I'll be with you in a minute." So I did that, and also I had a quick go on scramble. Completed that in the first go. One CC'd it. I was on fire for a change. <laughs> well done. It's always nice when you can do a good at a game for a change because normally I just rubbish and get annoyed and turn it off. And it was actually quite. And it was a lot of fun there as well. A lot of fun. Yeah, we've got a YouTube video. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can check that out, kids, of us walking around with the help of Alex. Yeah, he was Nintendo videoing arcade. us. Us being very stupid, but it's a good video, so check that out. Biscuit what... eating going on. Oh, yes. Live biscuit liked... eating. <laughs> what I liked, actually, was playing these games I haven't played in the flesh before. Mm. Gravitar. Wow. That's, I didn't that's play pretty... Gravitar. I should have had a go, but I know it's ever so difficult. It is. It's asteroids with gravity and more aggressive enemies, even more aggressive enemies. Mm, okay. Major Havoc. What Major Havoc. Major Havoc. Yeah, Havoc. Do you know what? Mm. I don't like Major Havoc. Do you not like Major Havoc? No, I don't like the control system. I like I like the, um, there's, there's different levels to it, and there's a bit where you're shooting in a plane or mm. a spaceship, and that's quite good. But the actual way when you're running around with Major Havoc, I don't like it. I don't like the, um, the sort of inertia and the gravity to it. Mm, Maybe it's just some rubbish. I'm rubbish at it. Maybe that's what it is. And space Duel. Space Duel. Space Duel's excellent. And I gave you my Space Duel PCB to give to Mr. RGP James to try and fix for me. He's going to work his magic on it and make it work for me. Ah, uh, I sold that on the motorway services because I'd run out of petrol. Oh, you monkey. 
Uh, not so worried. I was Another worried you were going to use it as a plate. <laughs> Another one will turn up. Put beans and sausages on it. <laughs> the, the best game that I played, the one that I really enjoyed playing, was Rebound, which is... Yes, 19... that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 1974. I think I said 73 and a half. Idiot. I was one. And it's like a sideways pong thing, like volleyball, where you bang the ball over the net. Yeah, you've got to knock it. You've got up to three hits on your side of the court before you've mm. got to get it over to the side and then you lose a point. It was a lot of fun. The cabinet was really cute. That weird plastic moulded thing. Yeah, brilliant. So so old, but just a really addictive game. And it looked like it had a yellow phosphor. I think it's just like a yellow perspex over the screen. Yeah, so it wasn't the white and black dots. It was yellow dots. Orange. Yeah, orange. really, really nice, that little cabinet. It's awesome. Mm. It was also nice to see um, a bunch of gnarly old faces there I haven't seen in ages. There's a guy called Bruce Bazfish. I haven't seen him yeah. in ages. I thought he was out of the hobby, but luckily he's still back in, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, I've also been trying to play Gundot Smoke, our game of this week, on my PCB, because I have a PCB of it, an original one. Mm. And I sent it off to someone ages ago to be fixed. It used to go a bit mad. When you got to the end of the level, it just went crazy. I think the ROMs weren't right in it or something. No, that's right. It does go crazy at the end of the level. It does go crazy, but this went even crazier. And when I was playing it one time, I got over 400 million points. <laughs> so basically, I win this week. <laughs> well done. The, the score went crazy, and it just kept going all over the place. It looked like the... You know when the old computers used to crash sometimes, or if you used to knock them, and yeah. they used to go a bit wonky? It was a bit like that, and it went a bit wonky roms. Wonky roms. Yeah, so that's about it. What have you been up to? Well, I've been chirp- chirping away, chipping away at my flicky score. I see what you do then. I yeah, see you did yeah, then. yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't. Well, I've still got. I think I've slightly increased my score to one point five four million. But That's really good. I've been pr- trying, concentrating on looping it. So last night at Arcade Club, after lots of swears, mm. I hope there are no children round. I looped it. So it, you go to Did the you? level. Yeah, you go to level forty eight. It finishes. It, well, it goes back to the original map, which is level one, and that obviously it's called level forty nine. Yeah. And I got back through to level sixty one. Thank you, sir. So That's really good play, mate. You've really stuck to that one, haven't you? You've found a I real gem it. there. I love it. It's one of my favourite games of all time already. I really, really like it. Do you know what you need? Um, some medication. Original PCB to go in your cabinet. Mm, you play, but good. you play it a lot better on a cab, don't you, than on the PC? You do. And you need a leaf switch stick as well, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, it makes sense. It's a slightly bit more accurate control than a micro switch stick I think mm, okay well done on that though. that's brilliant thank you darling I also formatted my laptop oh yeah which took an entire day when I did it I put Windows 10 a fresh install of Windows 10 hoping everything had sped up I've put in the show notes it has not speeded up sad face but I actually think it has a little bit oh good that's excellent put the new version of main I got on put all that in mm-hmm and I'm back on the uh, Retro Gamer Forum shoot 'em up league because they're playing a vertical shooter after months of playing horizontals, which I'm not mm. madly keen on. I like them, but not as much as verticals. Yeah, what they're game playing, are you playing at the moment? A game called Skullfang. I've heard of it. Yeah, there's, I think there's three in the series. The first one's called Vapor Trail. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And then there's another one called, I think it's something Fang, and then this one's Skullfang. Hmm. And you can speed up and slow down, which is unusual for a sh- vertical shooter. Well, you've got a button to speed up and slow down. Yeah, you've just got one button Ooh. to speed up, and it cycles from one to six speed and then back to one. How bizarre. Normally you've got to pick up speed ups for that, haven't you? Yeah. You know, like and Nemesis or something like that, you pick up the speed ups as you go along. I mean, the speed of the scrolling. The, the spe- yeah, the speed you would go through the level. That is weird. That's an odd play mechanic. 
Yeah, and then when you get to the end boss, if you go in too slow, he never appears. Oh, right. So you sp- and you've got a time limit to kill him. So, so you're speed- sort of chasing him sort of thing. You speed up too much, and he goes past you, and you've got to slow down. I, I just run away. I've done it. Yeah. Run away. Forget <laughs> it. And then, Yeah, it's quite a different game, really. I'm enjoying that. Excellent. I've also, um, talking about putting MAME on a computer, I've put my MAME PC back into my Sega Nomi cabinet, because I had mm-hmm. Taito Type X2 in there for a while. Yeah. And I've put MAME back in, because I'm sort of missing the MAME games, because I don't really play them on the PC too much. Because mm. I've I got Macs now, and the PC's sort of been relegated to the other room. I don't play them. So now I've got a proper cabinet again, so I play all the games. I was playing Star Force earlier for the first time in years. What a great game that is. Yeah, just sticks in your head, that. It's absolutely brilliant. So jaunty when you get the power-up as well. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, we won't do any more singing. Let's try not to do any more singing this episode. Yes, that's agreed. And let's go on to the arcade news. Yes, arcade news. Some great news. Steam Smiles is on death. Are you sure about that? No, Death Smiles is on Steam. Hooray! Yes, you can now play it on your personal computer. Can you play it on your Macintosh? I don't know. I don't wear Macintoshes. They make me look like a pervert. I, I wear Macintoshes a lot. Yeah. That's excellent. Mm, it's good, then, isn't it? Because the PCB of that is quite a lot of money, if you want to buy that. Mm, it's yeah. good, good 300 quid, at least. Also coming soon to Steam... Atari Vault, which is another reissue of old Atari games. Hooray! The, uh, yeah, sort I'm of. I'm not that enthusiastic. I've had so many of them. I do love them, yeah. but I've got them already. Yeah, they're going to be on Steam and they're going to have sort of added bits like cabinet pictures and boring history and stuff. That's what the internet's for. And so whoever owns Atari now is releasing them again and I think they're coming out in June or something. That poor horse has been flogged so badly. I know. Mm-hmm. Classic games, but they just keep getting re-released. Mind you, Namco are the same. They keep doing it. Yeah, but they do add new spins and they do bring out more games, don't they? Because they're still a games company, whereas Atari is just a name badge. Mm, yeah. And Lesley has uploaded something from a Windows 95 CD-ROM, which had interviews with a Robot Ron. Robot Ron, yeah. Joust and Sinistar creators, Eugene Jarvis and other people. Excellent. That's an and interesting put, one to listen to. Watch. He's put that on the YouTube. You can listen to that. Excellent. Oh, Chris Biner stars working hard on his Vectrex port of Space Launcher and has included a Galaxy Wars game in it. That's two in one. I've got in the show notes, I've played it. I haven't yet. I've got a binary file of it, which I can put onto my Vec Multi. And I did it earlier. My Vec Multi's playing up. So I haven't managed mm. to play that yet, but it looks really, really cool. I've seen videos of it working. It looks really good. Because he's got he's he's doing the space launcher, which is a game we really like. It's yeah. very similar to Lunar Rescue. So that Lunar Rescue is coming down now. Can you hear it? Mm, it's about to land on me. <laughs> and he's also included Galaxy Wars, which is a similar game, not as quite as um, involved. It was quite a simple game, but he's in, he's included that in with the same game. And he's actually done some levels where you play Space Launcher and then you play Galaxy Wars levels. So he's mixed in the two. Mm, really, really nice. clever. Oh, I'm really looking forward to playing that. But he's got to get my Vectrex sorted out. That's a silly cartridge. Talking about Vectrex, someone's made a Vec arcade. They put a little cabinet around a Vectrex. Really, really cool. Mm, we put we some uh, show notes for that, that in a while there. Mm. Oh, another one. Some galloping ghost news. It's a little bit old news now. There's a game called Argus, 
There's already a game in MAME called Argus. This is another game called Argus. Same name, different game. And it's gone onto the shop, onto the arcade floor at Galloping Ghost. I actually knew about this when I was when I interviewed Doc before Christmas time. I was good to my word and kept it to myself at the time. It was unreleased by Gottlieb at the time, and the machine Doc has has brand new side art by Jeff Lee, who was one of the designers of the game. And Doc actually showed it to me when I was there. He showed me the artwork, and it's really cool. It's such a cool art style. Oh, and they popped in their 500th game in the arcade, and they're past that again now. I think they put a game in every Monday. Yeah. 500 games. You know when you just said Argus? Mm-hmm. All I could think of was Argos, right? You yeah, know, which is a chain store in the UK. Yeah, I wonder if America is Argos. Do you reckon they do? No. No? don't think so. I think Argos is universal to the UK, I think. Mm. Anyway, that's all I was thinking when you were talking. And sorry, I knew mate. you would. I know the way your brain thinks. Argos. Right, we have information, not arcade information, but PlayStation VR, the virtual reality, PlayStation's version of the Oculus Rift. Mm. Oculus Rift <laughs> is due out in October. 350 quid mm. and £40 extra if you don't have a PlayStation camera, whatever one of them is. Mm. What do you reckon to virtual reality games, Vic? Do you reckon they're a fad or what? Well, you know games? I do. Games are make-believe. I don't need them to be virtual, virtually real. Mm. I've, I've had a go on an Oculus um, Rift, uh, one of the early ones, at um, the Cambridge Computer Museum. And it's very, very clever. And it made me feel a bit sick. But mm. I don't see the need for it, really. I don't want games to be real life. I want them to be on a screen shooting stuff. That's how I like to play games. So yeah. it's not for me, mate. Not for me at all, I don't think. I'll have a go and have a look at it, but I won't buy one. That's not not the kind of thing I like to do in my spare time. No, I've been on five five or six times because Arcade Club has one and these various events around the country have been on them. Yeah. But either my glasses steam up so I can't see anything. Oh, yeah, you've got to put them over your face, haven't you? So people who wear glasses, it's difficult for... So I take my glasses off and then I can't see anything anyway. <laughs> yeah. Or and after five minutes I start feeling slightly nauseous on everyone yeah. played. Even with the frame rates I suppose supposedly like sixty frames a second and up. But it's just I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, I I've, I'm a bit of a sufferer of motion sickness as well. I was playing Quake the other day because I was just I put Quake on my Mac, and I haven't played it in years. I thought oh, I'll just go through it again. And I just do a level now and again when I've got a bit of time. And I was playing it, and I had one can of beer, and I don't drink very often. It's only when mm. especially when you come down or go up to see people or whatever. I had one can of beer when I was playing it, and I felt rough as heck. Mm. Oh, so I had to stop playing. I was like, oh, God, I didn't finish the beer in the end. I thought, like, oh, no, I don't feel very good. <laughs> I went all northern for a minute. Oh, no, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't feel good. So, yeah, it's that movement. It's when you see the guy moving the, the rifle around as he's running and that. Ugh. Yeah. No, not for me. Not for me. I'd rather have a, a nice screen in front of me, a nice CRT, a joystick in my hand, cut the buttons, that'll do me. I think it'll have some very helpful, innovative applications. Oh, yeah, not just gaming. I think it'd be very good, yeah. yeah. But you, know, you can sort of walk around places and look at, you know, even if you're not there, you can have a sort of virtual, mm. like a hollow deck from Star Trek or something. I recommend people have a do at one, though, because it, it is amazing. But Yeah, definitely. I do prefer my 2D games. Hmm. Because we're old. It's quite a lot of money as well for a, a bit of kit, isn't it? Because you've got to have a, a really, really high-end PC to run it on as well, haven't you? Yeah. Hmm. It's getting that mm-hmm. way. Uh, this will be just run on the PlayStation 4, I imagine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm thinking of Oculus, not the, not the PlayStation. They're different versions of it, aren't they? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. 
I also talked to Big Phil last week, and he was talking about the this year's NERG, and I'll pop the interview in right here. We have Philip Murphy with us today, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his event NERG this year. Hi, Phil. How are you doing? Hello, Vic. Not bad. Good, good. Right, first things first, NERG, North Eastern Retro Gaming. Uh, it's been going on for a few years now, hasn't it? It has. Uh, this year is the fourth year. The fourth year. Well, I think I've been to two, and this will be my third coming up. I think I missed the first one. I missed the first one because I was on holiday in America, I remember now. Because yeah. I was going to come. <laughs> I was a bit miffed because I, I missed one thing, but I had something else good on. So, yeah, so I'll make up for it this year anyway. Yeah, I remember that. So... First things first, about NERG, can you tell us where it's going to be? Obviously the northeast, but whereabouts is it going to be? Uh, well, the thing with the northeast, uh, I mean, I've explained this uh, to a few people in the past. We don't really have an exhibition centre in the northeast. Yeah. So it's actually held at Gated Stadium, which um, has got a sports hall, which is two five-a-side pitches. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get rid of um, the, the goals, the netting, and uh, we'll just turn that sports hall into an arcade. Yeah, because it's quite a big place. Well, I've, I've been a couple of times now, so I actually know where it is. Just t- tell the listeners where it is, really. And it, I think it's a great event. A re- well, not just the event, but the actual location is quite good as well. Yeah, it's it it has a, a running track because uh, t- it yeah, holds athletics there. It has an international athletics event there. Um, they've got they've got great facilities with um, a restaurant. It also has a bar. But um, I think one of the biggest pluses as well is it's got a free car park as well for people travelling. Yeah, that's excellent. So how much is it going to cost for this weekend? Because you can go for a Saturday or a Sunday or the whole weekend, can't you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the prices haven't changed for uh, wow. since the very first NERG. I've kept them the same, even though the costs have gone up. Uh, it's £15 for a day pass Yeah. or... Uh, £25 for the weekend, but this year I've introduced on the Sunday uh, a special for under-14s where they can get in for £10 just to try and get um, a lot lot more of the younger generation involved in the retro gaming. It does have a big following anyway, but I I just want more there, more families there on the the Sunday. Yeah, I remember last year was quite a few kids there, and it would look like they were on a good time as well. Yeah, I remember that was uh, the first NERG, uh, that took me by surprise. That was a one surprising thing, the amount of uh, the younger generation that were really into it. Yeah. And they weren't just buying, uh, sorry, they weren't just playing games, they were buying consoles, cartridges, games, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, they loved it's a good it. thing. It's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what date is this? It's in July. Which dates? Yes, July the 2nd and 3rd. Excellent. So... Before we go on to talk a bit about NERG, I just want to ask you about yourself. We know you're an arcade lover because you're on the UK VAC forums and you collect machines yourself. Have you actually had any time since last year to play any arcade machines? Because I know you start planning it from probably even before the end of the, the NERG before. Well, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm a one-man band. I do NERG by myself. Wow. All the, the organising and the planning. Mm-hmm. I rope uh, a few mates in when it comes to um, web design, um, flyer, poster design, that sort of thing. But generally the organising, it's just me. And I, I don't think I've ever stopped since the first NERG. <laughs> yeah, I bet so you the, the f- One finishes and then I maybe have a week off and then planning starts for uh, the next NERG. But game-wise... Um, 
I, I do play a little bit, not as much as I used to, but one the the big difference over the last year is I haven't bought any arcade machines. Right. <laughs> I've done some window shopping. Yeah. Now there there is a few on my hit list. I'd love um there's one pinball machine I'm desperate for and there's a couple of classic um arcade machines that I still want to try and get hold of like uh it's the the Zakaria cab of uh, Phoenix. Oh yeah. And um the hen's teeth of them all uh, a tron upright and oh, a nice a nice tron upright. And then I think that would complete uh, my arcade collecting. All right. But cool. I've held off. I, I still browse um, what's for sale out there. Well, we all do that, <laughs> it, mate. We all yeah, do that. It, it is tough at times, but uh, um, no, I haven't bought anything this year. So you said you had a week off since the last Nerg. That's just lazy, mate. <laughs> a whole week off to yourself. That's just terrible. Now, well, we, we know how busy you are. I can imagine. But on, all on your own as well. And this, this event... It holds. Is it nine hundred people you get in? Yeah, because of the size of the wow. hall, it's it's a, a small. Um, it, it's, some people describe it as as the family uh, friendly event. Yeah, I wouldn't it, say nine hundred people is small though, Phil. That's quite yeah, a big thing, you know. Yeah, it, it's well, well. When you compare it to the other events around the country, yeah, um, it's not it it's small, not like the massive uh, expos, is it? Which you can no, get lost it, in. It's more personal. And yeah, definitely. I get to talk to everyone, uh, all the all the traders, all the people who supply the machines, all the people who are helping out, and it, it's just a, a personal gaming event. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons I like it more, actually. Yeah, and I work full time, so I do uh, nerging my part time uh, on a night and at weekends. That is uh, that is quite an achievement. It really is. I've got um, I've got some machines I take around to other events in the northeast, and I do a bit of promoting. Oh right, you do uh, other events as well. I didn't know that. Well, um, just this weekend gone, uh, there was a Minecraft event yeah. in Newcastle, so I was there for the full weekend with a couple of machines promoting Nerg. Oh, nice it, one! It is more or less non-stop, and it does surprises the amount of gamers out there that still haven't heard of the event. Yeah, well, that, that'll and be good for the kids as well because they will hang out the Minecraft thing, don't they? Yes. I, um, I am hoping to get some sort of Minecraft involvement at NERG, just a small little section. So yeah. um, I didn't realise how much the kids loved it. I'm sure I've seen a Minecraft cabinet before, you know. So I think someone made it up themselves. I'm sure I've seen one with side art with Minecraft on it. Yeah. I'm sure they have. Yeah, they'd love right. that, I think. Yeah, well, if you look up the details of who's got that cab, I can make contact and try and drag them along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Right then, let's get into it. Can you tell us a little bit about what's in store for this year's NERG, especially for anyone who may not have been before and who the the event is actually aimed at? Well, NERG is all about the gaming. It's organised by a gamer for gamers, Mm -hmm. and it's just games, games, games. So we have uh, the video arcade machine section. There's the pinball section. And there is the console section, yeah. as well as uh, the traders. And in amongst all that is the cosplayers, because I know uh, that they're all love to get dressed up. Yeah. And uh, the the, uh, the trying, it, it, it's cosplayers, the go to, I think, the majority of events in the Northeast, whether they're um, a follower of that particular event, the theme of that event or not, they just love getting dressed up. Yeah. And they, they just go from event to event to event. Well, the thing with the the dressing up is is great, 
Um, but even male and female, I did notice that they're quite skimpy costumes. And wearing that in the northwest, is, in the northeast, is probably not that wise with the, with the weather. <laughs> That's why Nerg's in July. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's probably a good idea. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, it's, the, um, it's more or less exactly the same. People raved about Nerg last year. They said it was the best one yet. Oh, yeah. So why change that formula? They just want to play games. So it's just games, games, games. Absolutely. And one thing, especially a bit a bugbear for me from some of these events, you see you see sort of like hundreds of people on these LAN things playing the modern machines, you know, the modern consoles and stuff. There's none of that going on, is there? All no, retro stuff. Yep, yeah, it's all retro. That's a good thing. Um, and you play a game and it's very friendly. If, if somebody's waiting in turn, they'll glance over the shoulder, they'll see someone, their game finishes and, and they move aside and let somebody play it. It's very courteous. Absolutely. Never had any issues with uh, people trying to get on the machines. Mm, yeah, definitely. So what kind of games are we going to see at, at NERG then? Tell us about the, the arcade ones firstly. Okay, well, um, we're going to have all the favourites there. Mm-hmm. Um, like your Space Invaders, Asteroids, uh, that sort of thing. But it's um, just trying to mix it up a little bit. There's, uh, there'll be about 100 video arcade machines. Wow. And um, it's it's just sort of um, getting a, a, a slightly different mix to the previous years, yeah. uh, as well as keeping the classics. Um, the guys um, supplying the video arcade machines, uh, Retro Games Party. Ah, oh, James, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been there from the beginning. Um, as well as uh, Andy from Arcade Club, he's going to supply uh, one or two bespoke machines, Brilliant. as well as um, an event exclusive, which is uh, one of my favourites of all time, Take On World Cup. Oh, um, yeah, okay. It's You couldn't quite class it as a cocktail, could you? It's slightly taller than a cocktail. It's the one with the trackballs, isn't it? Yeah, you're looking down on it. Yeah, is it's it not, a two or a four a player one? Machine. Uh, two player, that one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have the, um, the Scottish team. They're bringing down uh, some machines, and uh, we've got a nice little Williams collection. Um, <clears throat> in amongst that, there'll be Defender Stargate and Robotron uprights, oh, as well as um, Defender Stargate and Robotron cocktails. So it'll be a, a nice to see a little um, variance in nice. the different, the, the same game but in different machines. Yeah, the cocktail Williams are nice cabs. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few people who've got them before. They are nice things to play on. Lovely. Yeah, um, and in the console section, we've got Steve Perry doing the consoles again. Oh wow, he's so, got such a collection, that guy. It is. It, it just blows your mind uh, the, the variance that, that he has. I mean, I, I think he's mentioned before he's, he's got over two hundred and fifty systems. Wow, he's, and, I remember seeing some really rare ones I've never even seen before. Yeah, yeah, and it was it, really good fun last year. And what kind of um, costume is he going to be wearing this year? Steve, I don't know. That's always a surprise. I think he's, he's been <laughs> he's been a cosmonaut one one year. Uh, uh, he I don't did, know what he, he did, was. Um, Pac Man. The first year. Oh, right. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what. We're missing a year. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm have to have his word with him this year, actually, trying to get him on the podcast. He seems quite a character. Yeah, he is. Good lad, Steve. Yeah. Quite a few questions I've got to ask him about a few of my odd consoles as well he might know about. <laughs> well, that that is. He doesn't just have them. His knowledge about them as well is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And that's the good thing. When he sets out his display, you have um, an A4 placard mm-hmm. uh, with the machine, details about it. And uh, just just the history of of that, so it's it's not just there to play. Yeah, you, you get a bit of um, knowledge about it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's inter- interesting seeing. I think I saw for the first time 
It was a, um, a Bandai Pippin. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I haven't seen one of them before. And it's nice to actually have a go on that. Yeah. Nice one. And sort of, it says on my notes here, you've got Northern Lights Pinball supplying a bunch of pinballs this year as well. Yes, they've been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So there's the uh, the Northern Lights Pinball crew and um, all, all their followers as well. Um, it's it's so different uh, getting pinball machines to video arcade machines. With with the the arcade machines, you uh, it, it is big and cumbersome, but you roll it out, pop it in the van, roll it out, and plonk it in place. That's it. Yeah. With the pinball, you've got to um, fold it up, take the balls out, take the legs off, f- strap it up, mm. tip it on its end, then cart it out, and then do everything in reverse to set it up. So there's so much more work involved. Yeah, they've in got the a pinball. level them and stuff as well, haven't they? And all that sort of gear. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm. So, yeah, we've got the, the Northern Lights uh, team there with uh, with all their followers. I think the the pinball, and obviously the, the arcades are good for us, um, but the pinballs are especially good for people like myself because I haven't got any pinballs. I haven't got the room for them, and I haven't got the money to buy the damn things. So it's really nice coming to an event and playing a lot of pinballs that you might not see anywhere else or be able to afford. Yeah, exactly, and I th- people don't realise how, how much fun pinball is. Oh, God, yeah, the real things are brilliant. You can't, yeah. you can't get any different. You know, you you can emulate them, but it just isn't quite the same. It's a physical thing with a pinball, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, pinballs are still being made, uh, which a lot of people don't realise. It's still very popular. There's about four or five different pinball machines each year coming out, especially from Stern. Yeah. Um, the latest one they're doing at the minute is uh, Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters theme. Oh, cool. Nice theme. So that should be out uh, later this year. Excellent. And um, we're also... Um, We've got some competitions being held, um, and that's been done by Retro Events. They're a Leeds-based trader. Um, they do um, gaming um, conventions and, uh, and and events, so they, they'll be hosting their competitions on the consoles. Oh, cool. Nice um, And we'll be supporting um, another charity this year, and for the third year running, it's going to be the Bread, Bright Red Cancer Charity. It's a blood cancer charity that in the northeast. Nice one. Brilliant. So what other um, event sponsors have you got there? Because there's a lot of traders and, and such there as well, isn't there? Yep. Um, this year's event, as well as being a trader, is Sawthumb Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a York-based game and toy trading company. Um, they've been there since the second year, I think, and they decided uh, they wanted to, to sponsor this year's event. So it was, it's great to have them on board. And um, they, they travel uh, to events all over the country as well. Mm. That is, um, it, it's, well, it, it is his trade. That is what he does. Um, so he has a shop in York, but at weekends, uh, events all over the country. Yeah, I think I've seen him. As, I think there were a revival last time I was there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so in total, there's uh, so far, there's one or two trading places left, but in total, we've got 35 different traders so far. Oh, nice one. That's going to hurt my wallet. I know it is. But I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's great seeing some of the stuff there and the condition it's in when you consider the age of it. Mm, absolutely. Because well, when you're a kid, you rip it out of the box, you play it, and you normally throw the box away or kick it around. Yeah. And Regrets. it's in tatters, so it, it is good to see some of the really nice boxed uh, consoles. Mm, absolutely. So any any highlights this year you can tell us about, or is there any sort of rare stuff making an appearance? Because I know you keep adding things to the list every now and again on the website there... yep um we've already got a list but they're little teasers just to keep everybody interested in there so i'm not letting them forget about it 
Yeah. So um, it's good to just let people know what machines are going to be there. Um, <clears throat> we're going to have uh, something special from uh, Nintendo, and that's being supplied by um, Alex from the uh, UK VAC Forum, you know, Chuck the Egg. Yeah, Alex, who's two miles down the road from me. <laughs> yeah, he's going to bring something special along. Um, I think it... I know what it is, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I think hopefully I know what it be is. Two. Uh, I know there's definitely going to be one, but uh, hopefully there'll be uh, two Nintendo yeah. machines from him. Okay. And uh, we've already discussed the, uh, the event exclusive, which is the Take On World Cup. And uh, that Williams collection, so it'll be really nice to see that those all all the Williams machines together. Yeah, they look lovely when they're in a line together. When you've got all the makers the same, you know, the sort of uh, all the Williams line, and then maybe all the Sega line or whatever. It looks really nice like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, are there any um, any celebrities or any speakers coming to the event? Because a lot of these events have uh, people go on stage and they they do a talk about you know their careers or whatever. Anything like that going on? I get asked about that a lot, and people want to see um youtubers or programmers that sort of thing but podcasters the nature of um the stadium hall um there's no real place to put a stage or a private area Mm, because once you've got all the machines there they're all going um the noise is tremendous so (laughs) absolutely the place just isn't big enough to to have um that, that type of um event yeah. uh, at, at Nerg, unfortunately. Yeah, because I remember a, a couple of times we've been there and Sean and I have wanted to speak before. We, we've It's such a din going on there, but it's a, it's a good din. We've yeah, had to go out exactly. in, the, in the sort of, uh, in the area, you know, the sort of uh, the cafeteria area. But uh-huh. it's pretty good out there. I mean, you can you can actually sort of sit there and collect your thoughts and chill out and have a beer or whatever or, you know, some dinner. And it's pretty good like that. And you can even watch the people running around the track and stuff outside because they're usually sort of practising that weekend. Yeah, exactly. It's such a really um, nice thing to do. I just sit there and chill out for a bit while you know watching people run around the place. It's great. Yeah, I have even with the the microphone and uh, the, the the tannoy announcements. People halfway down the hall can't hear us, so it, it's it would be too difficult to um, to have um, sort of guest talks. Yeah, unfortunately, I understand what you're saying now because I remember the place really well. It's like it's like a massive sports hall. <clears throat> And yeah, you, I don't think you could really because I've been to events before when there's been a, you know, been a stage somewhere, and, and you can just they obviously have to turn it up so loud you can't yeah. hear yourself thinking you're trying to concentrate on a game or whatever or talking to your mates, and you just mm-hmm. got this din, and especially if you're not interested in what they're talking about. So I think yeah, it's probably a good thing really not having that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think the majority of people they just want to play games. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's definitely. what about play games and buy things. And um, it, it's good to see the progression of Nerg, where it was just half the hall the first year, then three quarters of the hall the second year, yeah. and then last year it was full. Absolutely, of, spilling of, out the doors, isn't it? Of games and traders, mm. yeah. Well, we're talking about the location. Um, can you give us the capacity of it? Well, uh, for safety reasons, there's only 900, only uh, 900. allowed. Still a good number, event. Phil. Still a good number. Yeah, it is. Um, so that's each day, 900, Saturday, 900, the Sunday. Um, 
like I say, there's plenty of parking there if people are driving. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, um, if people want to make a, a weekend of it, there's an agreed rate with a nearby hotel, which you can find details about on the website. Yeah. But if you live locally, um, there's also the bus route and um, what we call the metro system, which is a rail system, a bit like the London Underground. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a metro link. Uh, one of the stops is at uh, Gateshead Stadium as well. Super. I think last year, I remember um, you sort of asked for feedback, and I don't recall anyone giving any bad feedback. But have there been any improvements to last year's success? I wouldn't say improvements, just the same uh, standard. Yeah, because um, there weren't any complaints at all, was there? No, there wasn't. Um, Certainly not from me. The, I loved it. the majority said it was the best nerg yet. Yeah. I, 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 um, I have some memorable times there. I think we spoke about on the podcast sort of the week after. Because I sort of re re found um, karate, uh, Kung Fu Master. Because I used uh-huh. to love it as a kid, and I got playing it on one of James's cabs there. And there was a bunch of us playing it, and I got really far in it. It's the first time I got that far. And I, I actually, after that, I, I, I looked out and found myself a PCB, and I've since then one CC'd it. So that was it. Was Nerg <laughs> that made me do that? Brilliant. And you should hear. you should have seen us going out. We were getting excited like fifteen year olds, honestly. Yeah. It was crazy. So that was one of the standout moments for me doing that, and just just meeting up with all the people from UK VAC and you know the other forums and stuff. Because there's yeah. some of the other podcasters there. You know, so there's going to be Phil and, and uh, yes, uh, Maximum Power Up Boys. Yeah, they're going to be there. Power Up and that they're going to be there. So it's, it's you know loads of us we talk. I'm sure we'll do a, a mega podcast as well with a bunch of us and sort of that sort of stuff. It's always good for that kind of thing. Yeah, um, it it will just be the same. Um, it. it Nerg is in a business to me. I, I, I've I've got a full time job. It's it's just a gaming event for the gamers, and it's just great seeing how how happy people are, how much they're loving it and enjoying it. Yeah. And 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 that that's all that matters. Just seeing that and introducing uh, the the younger generation as well to to the games we used to do and and, and um, turn them into fans as well. Mm, absolutely. I did notice last year as well there was um, there was a game uh, an indie developer was doing a game and he put it in a cab. Yes, uh, that was Wolverblade. I Wolverblade. I knew it had some kind of wolf in the thing because <clears throat> I remember speaking to the guy and he was a really nice chatty guy and he was telling us about the game and I just really loved the fact that he put it in an arcade cabinet. Yeah, exactly because it's also been developed for the uh, the PS4 and uh, the Xbox. Yeah. Um which reminds us I still need to talk to him to see if he wants to come back so thanks for that. Yeah, cuz I want to go on that cab again. It was quite a lot of fun <laughs> that game, I remember now. Yeah, it was nice to see that. So with the vendors, there's going to be any Nerg merch you can buy there as well? Yes, um once again we'll have the mugs. Um I might have to get myself a mug, I think. I've, uh, what we've done um with Nerg is we've changed the logo each year. So there's been a different mug each year, and again, uh, there's a, a new logo for this year, yeah. and um, there's been a, a few calls for t-shirts. So I'm actually we did t-shirts the first year, and uh, I missed out the next two years, but um, we're going to run with t-shirts again this year. So uh, there'll be the mugs and the t-shirts, plus there's still some um, merchandise from the previous year. So if somebody decides they want a mug from all the previous years that they'll uh, be able to buy the set of four mugs. Oh, nice one. Cool. Ah, another thing I was going to ask you is one of the years, I think it was a year before, it was a year before last, the first Nerg I went to, 2014, mm-hmm. 
there was um, a comedian on afterwards at one of the local pubs, which was quite a lot of fun. And we all ate there and sort of had a bit of a party afterwards. And yeah. this last year, we all sort of all the UK vacas and people came together and went out for a curry and beer, which is a right laugh. Is there any sort of that sort of stuff going on this year after show parties? Will we, we see you or are you going to be asleep by then? <laughs> it is a tiring weekend. Absolutely. But the first two years we had parties mm-hmm. and uh, after the, the second year, uh, the majority of the guys uh, said they want to see Newcastle. So yeah. they just want to go out, have a few beers and and see the city because it is a tremendous um, night out in Newcastle. Mm, absolutely. So I, I didn't bother with a party last year because they all just wanted to just to experience the city because yeah. they had a little bit of that after the, the second year, after the comedian, they went to one or two bars. Mm. And I think after that, I said, all right, we'll want to see more. So next year, when we come back, we'll, we'll just want to um, try a few different bars around the, the city yeah. and some um, amazing restaurants as well so i've just left us for the same again this year if people want to to meet up for a curry uh we can arrange that do that definitely and then uh, then just hit a few uh, night spots after that mm. but there's no sort of um permanent sort of party location or anything like that yeah it's good to get get together and sort of work out where we can go yeah we, we generally um sit and chat and have a few drinks on the Friday night, so it's the calm before the storm, yeah. uh, and that is in the, the hotel. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all just um, downstairs eating, having a few drinks and chatting mm-hmm. on the Friday night. So is there anything you'd like to add that I may not have covered that our listeners may want to hear about ahead of the show dates? Um, no, I think that's about it. Well, the show um, dates just, are July the... It's the 2nd and 3rd of July. 2nd and 3rd, that's right. Um, just if you... It, it, it gets more and more popular that the attendance figures are going up year on year. Mm-hmm. And if, if you want to guarantee getting in, because like you say, that there's only 900 allowed in there, I keep yeah. saying only, um, you can purchase your tickets online. And again, there, there's a link on the website for that. Okay. You can't pay at the door if it isn't sold out. Yeah, but you don't want to risk it, really, especially if you come from afar. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And can you give us a website quickly? It's www.northeastretrogaming.com. Lovely. And then we're on the social feeds, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and again, you'll see the links on the website for those. Nice and one. I do the machine announcements every uh, every couple of days or so. Yeah, we might to, uh, have you back on again, Phil, just to give us a few more updates every now and again, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you, yeah. Nice one. Brilliant. Because another thing I, I just want to give our listeners a tip as well. If you do want to go to NERG, <clears throat> what I would say is don't dilly-dally. Get a ticket now because... The tickets may or may not run out, but what you can do is also order your train tickets early, because I'm going to go by train. It's a lot less hassle than taking a car, because it's quite far for me from London. Uh-huh. And I had a great time last week, because I was on, on my own. I had my headphones on, I had my computer with me, I had a load of retro games with me, I had my PSP on with some emulators on there. I had something to eat, I had something to drink. By the time I got there, it was great. No park in the car, none of that messing around. Went in there, stayed at the hotel. Next day, I come back, and actually edited the podcast on the way back. So I had stuff to do all the way there and all the way back. It was absolutely brilliant. And if yeah. you order your train tickets early, they're a damn sight cheaper as well. Yeah, you're right, exactly. So it's probably a good idea to get in there now, I think. Uh, there's one thing I have forgot to mention. What's that? Uh, Nerg wouldn't be possible without the help of my friends and family. Yeah, I'm, uh, I know your daughter's always there every year, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Good on I her. And all your wrote, friends, yeah. My, I always wrote my friends and family into it. And the thing is, they love it. Uh, I thought they, they would do have, seem uh, to like it. Yeah, there's always a lot of smiling faces there. 
Yeah, I thought they would have got sick of it by now. Even um, during the setup last year, I said to them, I'll only do Nurg again next year if I've got your support because I know I put a lot on you. And yeah. within a heartbeat, they said, yes, we'll do it. Uh, they, they just love it. So you're committed weekend. for life now then, Phil. <laughs> It'd be Nurg 2033 so, or yes, something. It wouldn't be possible without the help of my friends and family. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Okay, Phil. So thanks for that, and hopefully we'll hear back from you. And I'll keep the listeners covered anyway. If there's any new stuff going on, we'll post it on the on the uh, news on our podcast anyway. Okay, thank Cheers you. Nice talking to you. Cheers, thanks, mate. Bye bye. So that was Phil Murphy talking with me. Mm, excellent. But there's some important additional info because after that, Phil told me he had to go and see a committee about the um, about the event venue, and. He's changed it now. It's been changed because there's going to be a great big 10,000-kilometer run going on there on the Sunday, and it would have mm-hmm. clashed with our, our NERG. So what's happened, the venue is now being held at Gateshead Leisure Center. This is in Alexandria Road, Gateshead, NE8, 4JA. And we put a link on the show notes anyway, so you can get in contact with them if you have to. But it's only about two miles away from the original event, so it's not really a problem. Mm. It's another six-minute walk or something, and, you know... If you're going by train or bus, it makes no difference, really. It'll still be brilliant. We're looking forward it to will. it. It will. Yeah, 5,000 athletes are going to finish the run on, on Sunday inside the stadium. So they wouldn't be where we were, but the amount of cars and parking and people, you know, all the families and friends waiting around for them as they finish the race yeah. is a nightmare. So I think it's wise for Phil to have changed it. That's great. Can't, can't they go and finish it somewhere else? Like they were on McDonald's over the road. I know. How dare they, hey? Yeah. Mm. Anyway. What else has been going on? New games at Arcade Club. Ooh, 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 which ones? Tell me, tell me. I should tell you, I should tell you. Now I've got a list. Time Crisis 2. Shooty gun thing. Big wide shooty gun thing. Mm-hmm. Kicks. Oh, an original Kicks. Yeah. Oh, nice. Really, I like the cabinet. Really, yeah, excellent cab art on that. What they need to do is take Kicks out and put Volvide in. No, they don't. Don't you screw your face up like that. <laughs> what else have they got there? Uh, Galager 88. You missed one. I did. Crazy Taxi. Say it properly. It properly. Crazy taxi. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry. Make some crazy money. Crossbow, that old shooty shooty game. That's good. Gallagher 88 is a great game. I really like Gallagher 88. I play it on the PC engine. I got it on the PC engine. It's great. Mm. Puzzle bubble. Classic. Monkey, monkey pu- not monkey. I was going to say monkey puzzle tree. Then that too. Money puzzle exchanger. That's one of the hog favourites, isn't it? Martin the Hog loves that, that game. It's oh, it's like a stacking puzzle game, but you do it with money. You got to add that the money. It's really clever. It goes mad when you get on the later levels. It's quite a crazy game. Wild Riders, which I did play quite a bit of. What's Wild is, Riders? It's a driving game, cell shaded driving game from the AM2 Sega team. Oh, never heard of that one. And Sounds you've got good. handlebars like Enduro Racer. Oh, it's you, a motorbikey one. Yeah, you st- this one is a stand-up cab, and the, there's a a pedal on the floor and it's brake and I was pressing it for accelerate like a driving game oh yeah that's a bit odd isn't it yeah you've got your throttle on the handlebars so you drive they didn't have a um, handle lever as a brake then Uh, yeah there's one of them as well oh that's a bit odd front and back brakes maybe I don't know yeah then you pull it you pull up to do jumps and you press down to slide so you've got to slide under trucks and stuff and oh wow it's a good game actually I played that quite a bit I'm going to play that when I go to Arcade Club next sounds good 
you've got to be it's one of those you've got to be perfect on the tracks i didn't get i finished the first track and didn't complete the second track okay. i got right near the ending i think you've got to be very very good on that mm. terra cresta great game hard but good yeah i like i sort of love hate that in in different stages yeah <laughs> and alan versus predator oh yeah alan versus predator well, how did alan get on Against I think the predator, he's, he's, quite, he's quite good. He's Alan. He's all right. Is this the big gun game, the new one, or is this the old CPS two game? I'm thinking. No, it's the older one. Oh, cool. Mm, That's quite a good graphic. left to right, have a fight, punch an alien in the face game, isn't it? Mm. Oh, cool. I'm impressed with the graphics, and I don't think I've seen that before, to be honest. Yeah, uh, they are nice graphics on that one. Soul Calibur. Oh, it's an awesome game. I love Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. It's a. It's in a great cab as well. Is it in a candy? No. Ooh. It's in a big, massive stand-up-y cab. Oh, a proper Namco one. Mm. That's a similar kind of cab to Tekken, I think. There is a Tekken there. Um, I can't think. Not sure. I'll have a look next time. Immense game. And one of my favourites, one of my favourite horizontals, R-Type Leo is there. Yeah, that's a big classic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think game. it's underrated, R-Type game. It's my favourite. It's great. I think I like it more than the original. Mm, I do. Yeah, I must play some more R-Types, you know, because they are good games. I'm not giving them a lot of time. And I do I've never like been them. massive fans of them, but this one, I like... You, you haven't got the, the little board that you attach to the front of your ship is not on this one. Yeah, that's right. You've got, like, two homing missiles that shoot off and then come back. Ooh, but while they're, while they're fired off into the screen, blowing stuff up, you're down to minimum power. Ah. And then when they attach back to your ship, you're back up to your full power, whatever, you know, bullets you had. Oh, brilliant. Yes, yeah, great. Yeah, I'm going to play that on my, my main cab later on, I think, now you've said that. Hmm. And, ooh, 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 guess what's coming up next week? Tell me. 8-Bit Flip. That's the thing at Arcade Club, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I the, wish I could get up for that. The um. one last year was in Cheshire. This one is at Arcade Club. Are you going, per chance? I'm going all the time. As soon as you live about five miles away, or wherever it is? It's 16.4. That's not far, is it? Not far, really. So no. are you helping out there, or are you just playing? I think I might be helping out a bit. I'm not sure yet. You've been roped in. I think so. Andy in his arcade rope. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. They'll be having 50 pins from the Northern Lights pinball being delivered. Oh, awesome. So you've got all your normal games and all the normal pins plus 50 extra pinballs. You need to go and play some in pinballs, chum, because you won't get a chance to play them many other places, will you? No, no. Oh, that sounds brilliant. And they'll be downstairs on a different floor underneath arcade club. Ooh, and I think our K Club is going to get bigger. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. More about yeah. that in a later episode. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Say no more. Know what I mean? More news. More news. The Amusement Expo 2016 has just finished in Las Vegas, Envy. Envy's a lovely place. Have you been there? I'm envious I wasn't there. Oh! Oh, See what I did there? That's very good. And uh, the brilliant Arcade Heroes site have done a review of it. Of course it's, it's, they did. It's one of these modern trade shows, but I, I do like keeping up with the modern arcade news. Some of them are quite a lot of fun. That that big, massive Pac-Man looks mm. really good with one of the LEDs. I'd like to yeah. play that one day. That looks awesome. The uh, Adam Pratt from Arcade Heroes filmed a bit of it, and mm-hmm. the Pac-Man there had a high-score save table on every level. Ooh. And he says he just put, he's put in the notes on the YouTube. He said this could be confusing to rookie players who will think the game's over because you if you get a high score or you put your name in and then the game carries on to the next level. All oh, right, that's quite good, isn't it, for individual? I, I don't know. Scores. I don't know if it's good or bad. That well, it's if you forget and you walk off. 
Mm. Mm. At this show also, quite unusually, UK manufacturer Highway Pinball was there with their full throttle game. Yes, I've heard about this from the Broken Token guys. They talked about it a little, quite a while ago now. With a massive LCD back back uh, screen. Yeah, this is the pinball where they can they can swap out the play fields and the, also the, the game ROMs. So yeah. you can actually swap out... It's a modular pinball system, isn't it? Mm. Really clever. I'd like to see that. And they're saying, when it's been tested, field tested... Everyone loves it more so than like the new Stern games, and that is really? the one that people rate the highest. Yeah, go UK. Yay! So might, have gonna... to, might have to try and find UK pinball. UK, sorry, highway, highway pinball, and talk to them. Yeah, they've got an aliens pinball coming out after after full throttle, which will just slot straight in the pinball chassis of, the, of highway. That's full really throttle, sorry. clever, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think they offer them at lower prices as well, so you're getting quite a bit of money off rather than buying a whole brand new pinball. Mm. That's awesome. Like that. Yeah, great. Talking of pinballs, more Stern, pinball stuff. Stern has unveiled Ghostbusters, another new pinball which should be awesome. That is based on the original movie, not the upcoming one. But who are they going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> mm. Did you ever get caught up in all the hype when you were like fifteen watching that? I was probably less old than you, that. You were twelve. I don't know, yeah. but I, I love Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters film was amazing. I don't mm. think much of the new one. I've seen the preview and I'm not sure. I thought it's quite funny. It might be alright. I like that Melissa McCarthy. Well, let's give it a go. We'll have a look. Yeah. 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 i make it a, a, a date. Yeah, let's do it. Mm. You can buy the popcorn. <laughs> right. Oh, Daro Breen's the host of TV gaming show. And wife found this for me earlier and I'm interested in this. I want one going long because it's only been... It's been filmed in Middlesex in Wimbledon, I think. So I might oh. be able to go and go in the audience if I can get in. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. yeah. So more of that when we find more about it. But we'll put mm. the link in on the show notes. And that's about all the news we've got for this time. So why don't we go right ahead and find out how many pickups we've had lately with pickups. Oh, got an asteroid PCB from Phil Nes for Life. I gave him some bits and bobs in his Zelda game and all that sort of thing, and I'm going to buff his uh, Asteroids Plexi bezel for him. And I gave him a bit more money when I found out it worked. And I got it all working, as I said earlier, which is really, really cool. Really pleased with that. I got some Apple II, Apple II five and a quarter inch floopy discs <laughs> from Steve Backflipper at Steve's Meat. And not many worked, unfortunately. I'm not sure it's my drive being a bit old, cl- old and clunky or whether the discs have rotted away. I don't know. But also, included in those discs I found, he had a big, massive tub of discs, and a lot of them were just um, data discs or utilities, which I wasn't interested in, just games, of course. I found some Apple III discs. Apple III was quite a rare computer that didn't do very well. But Mike McGuinness, from the No Quarter podcast, and also the Drop Three Inches Apple III podcast, and more importantly, and also the Apple II podcast, I asked him if he wanted them, and I've sent them off to him to America, because they're quite rare to find original discs. I think they're only demo discs and stuff, but they're quite good for him. Oh, that's good. And a fixed Turpin. I got my Turpin PCB back. I did mm. try it in my cabaret machine, and it wouldn't work again. Mm. So hopefully it's just something to do with the, the cab. I think there's something to do with the monitor in there, because the other games on there weren't displaying properly, but some are. So I think it's something yeah. to do with the sync on the monitor. i have to try that later on. I'm, I'm busy going to fix that with my weekend, my week off next week. Hmm. Also got an asteroid screen bezel to refurb for Phil Nes for Life. It's got it's got L U F C rules on it. 
So Liverpool Football Club rules apparently on the front of an asteroid screen. How annoying. <laughs> so I'm going to buff it out. It's mm. not an impossible task, but it's hard work, but I'm going to do it for him. Because you can actually buff scratches out, as long as they're not too deep. And these ones aren't that deep, luckily. You start right. off with little... I might do it as a technical tip, even. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Hmm, yeah. So we'll talk about that later. I'm going to buff like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> what stuff you've had then, chum? I've got three pickups. Wow, really? That's Two of them, thanks to you. Thank you very much. I've I did a, know about that. These are borrows, borrows from yourself. A 19-in-1 uh-huh. board. Yeah, which is the horizontal games. Yeah, so I'll have to switch my monitor around. You've got some good stuff on there. You've got Ghosts and Goblins on there, Sky Kid, mm. Solomon's Key, Robotron, Defender, stuff like that. Excellent. Good games, good games. I've got Gunbird, which I, I've played for about an hour. Yeah, that's why you were late getting to Steve's meet, wasn't it? Yeah, because I was playing Gunsmoke. You rascal. Do you I'm like playing... it? I do, I think it's very good. Oh, actually, yeah. it's not my kind of game, so I thought you'd, you'd enjoy that one. I think I messaged you saying I don't remember this, and then I got to the first boss and I thought, yeah, I do remember this now. This that weird boss with a like it looks like a medieval knight with no legs. I didn't get that far, hence you've got yeah. it. Mm. <laughs> That's it's a real it's right up my street that, that cool. shooter. I'm glad you like it. And also thank you to Mark Happy Dude for giving me a Raspberry Pi Wi Fi dongle. Oh, he slipped his dongle into your sweaty palms. That could have mm. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah. thanks very much for that. I could make use of that and have a wireless MAME setup. And when you've set up your MAME setup, you can set me one up because I want a Raspberry Pi before long as well because the Raspberry Pi 3 is now out. Mm. And I, I wouldn't mind getting hold of the Zero when they're redone because they, they've sold out like hot cakes. They're mm. the really tiny ones. They're really small. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. You just put it in your pocket, those things. They're tiny. Mm, mine's a Raspberry Pi 2. It's got more than enough power to do. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. The, I'm the also interested in buying a Pi Girl kit from Adafruit. And that's, um, I think it's a Raspberry Pi 2B, and it's got its own little tiny screen on it and bits and bobs to make a kit up to make a, like a Game Boy for playing, uh, playing emulators on. Wow. But rather than getting the, the case 3D printed, which is what a lot of people do, they send off to you know, a local 3D printer or you make one up with your own 3D printer, I'm going to actually machine one out of aluminium. Oh, would not be a bit heavy? It's not no, heavy, no. is it, aluminium? Because no. you, 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 you get a solid piece, which might be a little bit heavy, but you gut it all out. You, you machine all the insides out, so it's very thin to put the pieces in, and it's, it's just really nice, and it looked nice out of aluminium. And I'll probably get it anodized as well, like I did with the Vectrex controllers I'm doing. Yeah. They look really nice, and engrave some stuff on it as well. It looked really nice. So I'm still thinking about getting one of those. I do, I do fancy that. It's just getting time to do the damn thing. Mm. Anything well, else, well. or is that us done now? No, I... Uh, oh, 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 Loads of pickups. Shall I do a future pickup? Uh, can you see into the future? I can, because I ordered something on, on eBay last night. That's incredible. Go I on. found a PCB on there I used to have. I, it was stolen from me. Mm-hmm. I sent off a, piece, a PCB with some others, a game called Plus Alpha. It's by Jalico. Have you ever played it? I think so. It's a really yeah. cutesy vertical shoot-em-up, VSEU. Yeah. And I used yeah. to own it, and I saw it on last night for Buy It Now for 25 quid. So I went, buy it now. Yeah. So I bought that. Should be coming soon. Can't mm. wait. I played it again on the, the main early. It's quite difficult, but it's a good little game. I think you'd love it. It's your kind of game. Is it a bit like the um, Twin B games? Yes. It? But it looks very similar. Really cutesy graphics. Mm. So that's all the pickups done. Why don't we do some feedback? First one we've got from Paul Nerminen of the Intellivisionaries podcast. Do you know how I like to say his name? Nerminen. 
private message me because we're on about tea and I know your feelings on tea. He's put, granted I'm not British, so it's not a law or anything that one has to has to consume that vile swill daily. How it dare tastes he? Like, tastes like dirt, just fruity dirt or spicy dirt. I completely agree. What's wrong with him? And also he said, I enjoyed Flicky, so I guess that's two strikes against me now with Vic. Ha ha ha. One more thing you can include for your show feedback let vic know i enjoyed this segment on applying vinyl to a cab with the water spraying technique i need to do that to my main cab as it's got really badly chipped and worn fake wood grain on the mdf it's an old sega zaxon cab also let him know i'll be drinking coffee while i do it (laughs) you were drinking coffee indeed well i'm gonna send the sas round to sort them out about the tea the yankee upstart the sass the sass yeah i actually spoke to paul the other day because we keep in contact, I talked to him on a Skype, and he actually gave me a technical tip for one of, one of our episodes. He told me about something he, he worked out with his cab, because he had a problem with his cabinet, and I'll do that in another technical tip. Oh, uh, brilliant. But, but yeah, he is refurbing his Zaxxon cab. It's, it's just an old Zaxxon. I think he's got the inside still, but he made it into a main cab, so he's got all the bits. And yeah, he's going to do some, some side art for it and stuff. Awesome. Mm, nice one. CNP. I think I need to borrow the I cannot unsee what I have seen image from the thread that just got closed that pick is so wrong that's me and my ladybug outfit i think yeah i like that what, one it's what comfortable. were you thinking what were you thinking what was i thinking i was thinking <laughs> it's marvelous darling <laughs> neil 1637 also on the picture he said it's wrong on so many levels or right on so many levels i think i think right yeah sarge has just put my eyes <laughs> my eyes are turning into pies <laughs> Benson Rad, I do hope the Ten Pence Orchestra are back. Well, they did a solo at the start of the show. Mm, not this time. They'll be back. They will be back. Oh God. <laughs> Alex, Mister Nintendo Arcade, I had fond memories of playing Ladybug back in the day, and it seemed to be around for a long time in the arcades. Mm. While other games around it started asking for twenty to fifty p to play a game, you could rely on Ladybug to ask for ten p because it was crap. Oh no, for ten p uh, that your nan gave you. The game I played was covered in fag burns and had a beer coated joystick that seemed Ooh, to go yeah. in only one direction, but it was always fun. A simple and charming game, and you guys got some amazing scores. Well done, you did actually. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing that one. Great scores. Fantastic podcast as always, and you're really having fun, which makes for an enjoyable listen, and it makes me laugh. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much. Dabby X, really appreciate all the effort you put a lot, a lot put into these. That picture, though. Mm. <laughs> Another great one, lads. Never disappoint. Regarding tech tips, wasn't mentioned about unplugging the game from the wall before discharging. Don't know if that's necessary, but think I've read about it before. Yeah, when you discharge a monitor, I think if the, the game's plugged into the wall, it grounds it. But I've done it with and without, so I don't think it makes any difference. If any of the tech heads can confirm that, I'd like to hear that. I, I don't really bother. He also liked the featured game and still can't believe the scores you all got. Tronance, who beat me at it. I'd like to see Ladybug in a cab at Arcade Club, even if it's a 16-1 on a dedicated mode. That would be nice. I'd like to see that as well. Mm. Maximum Paul from Maximum Power Up. He, he wants to find the Tenpence Orchestra to redo Pinball Wizard as Crossy Road Wizard. Because okay. Les, Lesley had put on a post about Crossy Road Ar- Arcade Redemption and he's in his local arcade. And because he's so good at it and it's one of these ticket spewing things. Yes. 
he, he would just get. It took showed us a photo on Twitter of millions of tickets in his hands. <laughs> I bet he probably won all the prize. He probably won a car that day for playing Crossy <laughs> yeah. Road for two and a half billion tickets. Do you know what else um, Paul sent us as one? I actually did it. Biscuit did quiz. Mm. Do you get twenty out of twenty? I did, and I was a, so I was a big I. fan of number seventeen. Mm, I wasn't. Whatever number the hobnob was, that's the one I got out. Custard creams. Hobnobs. If anyone wondering. On our latest podcast image, what I am eating on the cover, it is a custard cream. You made me eat one as well, so I couldn't speak for about three minutes because I was so dry. I needed coffee after that. <laughs> Leslie, 70. Great podcast again, guys. Highlights were listening to Sean's audio diary and laughing while he's getting more and more tired with every sound bite. Yeah, that was me at uh, I Play Gaming in Liverpool. Yeah, it's a late one, that one, it? The rundown of other arcade-related podcasts. Nice attitude you have to show the other shows there, gents. Did you mention Arcade Hangout? That's not too bad. A bunch of clove guys chewing the fat. It's a video cast, that one. It's not oh, right. That's why I haven't heard of it, I think. I, yeah. I listen to them at work when I'm working. Mm. And I'm not allowed to watch videos when I'm trying to make aircraft parts, so... Mm. You could actually just listen to it, I think. You could burn it to MP3, I would imagine. Okay. Off of YouTube. <laughs> Finding out you're going to cover the 60 in one. Jolly well done for not being arcade snobs and covering a bit of kit that you can get a lot of people can get simply and cheaply. Why not? Ooh. Even if the sound on Gyrus sucks. Don't forget to give the, an honourable mention to the sister board, the 19 in one, which covers the horizontals. We will, in fact, get that in that to the future. And it keeps bugging me about this. Will you ever take up the challenge to do a Zack Off 2? Oh, Zack Off, will you? Uh, we did a, a Zakoff, didn't we, which last year, which was Dodgem. Yeah, I said we would do another one if they got a better game, because Dodgem was dire. Mm. Horrible game. I think you quite enjoyed it, didn't you? I hated it. I quite liked it, yeah. Oh, it was a nasty game. And it was a maze game. But he did say there's a game called Money Money, and it looks mm. pretty good, so maybe. Mm, we can, we'll get three... a few out of the way, and we'll go for that. Mm. Uh, John Munkus thinks we should have played more of the Zuntata song in our musical interlude. He told us off not playing the whole tune. It is about four and a half, five minutes to it. I thought it was a bit long, but yeah, if, if mm. people want us to play full tunes, we don't mind doing that. Mm. They're good tunes. I know. They are. I just decided to make it smaller, so I think you know people's attention spans might go a little bit. But yeah, if you want them longer, we can do them longer. My attention span does go after a bit. I must admit. What did you say? Yeah, exactly. Andy likes my flicky shirt, my virtual flicky shirt on the podcast image. I heard John Munkus's name featured on the Diary of an Arcade Employee recently as well. I think John fixes boards. I'm sure it was oh. him that heard. So he's a clever chap. Ah, oh, right. I have to ask Come him. around and fix my gun smoke for me. Mm. Might be a little bit of a long trip for him. Bobby Hazelnuts. The live version of Daddy Mulk is amazing, which is what we played on the tune. But I much prefer the synth goodness of the arcade original. The Amiga conversion also managed a cracking rendition. Around 10 years ago, I went to visit a fellow collector with the aim of swapping my Missile Command cocktail for a Ninja Warriors cab. It had been many years since I played Ninja Warriors on Western Pier, and I'd forgotten just how big the cab was. After seeing it in person, I realised it was too big to get through the back gate hole in my garden. <laughs> We've got, yeah, Peter Kosh, Koshkimaki. K-Man Sweden. Is that him, is it? Yep. Is this one of these Facebook things where they're making you change your name to your proper name? I don't know, but that is him. Uh, loads of people that had like arcadey names have had to change them to the proper name. Oh, really? Facebook is saying, yeah. Ooh. Loads of people on the shoot 'em up league and that. He says the song is straight out of Initial D. And you also got other people mentioning your disturbing costume. Mark Happy Dude, Keith Sheehan, and Peter again. The costume is a little disturbing. You think uh, Pete, Keith, 
says he thinks it's from Frank Inferta from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. And Peter said, too bad you didn't get the high heels to match. There's no bad thing there. I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> it is good, isn't it? It's a timeless, timeless classic, that film. Steve Monkey Chunk, best podcast image ever. See, everyone likes it. Yay. Yay. Alan Hennessy, woohoo, I suck so bad at Ladyburg, I was embarrassed to send a score in. No, send your scores in. Yeah. No, no problem with that. Just a bit of practice, that's all you need. Yeah. Arch, hack on. I find the banner strangely alluring. Great show as usual, guys. Really enjoyed it. Good tech tip section and a nice review of Ladybug. I might have a go at Gun Dot Smoke for the next one. Ollie Alpha One, I think it's time there were some crazy balloons on the Tempe pod. Crazy Balloon is a fun game, but it's a bit annoying. I know. Hmm. And I, I said, nope, how about Balloon Bomber? That's hard as well. That's a very yeah. difficult game. Sean from the Pie Factory podcast told me off for our pronunciation of Xenophobe. They call it Xenophobe. I call it Xenophobe. Mm. It's Xenophobe, which was made by Brian Collin. That'll annoy him. Mm. Paul the Drisk from Retro Asylum Podcast. Really enjoyed the show this week. Keep up the fab work, and hopefully some of those events will come down to south. What yep, we're on about, yeah. That'd be yeah. good. It would be good. Mappy24. I'm playing catch-up with the podcast at the moment, but skipped them all to listen to this, which was great as usual. Was looking forward to another Ten Pence Orchestra podcast performance, but was only left wanting. Didn't get a chance for a proper go at Ladybug, but the few games I had were not that enjoyable. Some with Sean this one. No, nice one. Love Gunsmoke though. We'll definitely be playing this. And I've had a chat with Toby. Oh God, his name Toby Nanakorn. Okay, that's going to be wrong. That sorry, Toby. But Toby from the he's the social media manager at the Las Vegas Soho Arcade that we went to in January. Oh yes, oh, cool. I just started chatting. He said, "Oh, you should come down." I said, "I did come down," and then I played him. Uh, I said, listen to the podcast. We did a walk around. He says, oh, brilliant. Mm. And he sent me a little sort of overview, right? So here it is. It, a couple of years ago, he sort of was the manager there, and they sort of let him do, the owners let him do what he wants with the place, really, yeah. to, to a certain extent. And he started with six retro Jalico pony cabinets with Street Ooh. Fighter Two Third Strike, Escaluda, Gunbird 2, Fist of the North Star, multi-Neo Geo carts. And he said, but the people were vocal about it online and they never really came into the arcade more of a handful of times. And he said, I had to WhatsApp and message old players personally to enter the King of Fighters and Street Fighter 2 tournaments. So he said, today's players were born around the time those games were made, lol. So what he ended up, he said, I put some Xboxes and PS4s in for fighting games, updated the dance machines and imported some Japanese games like Initial D and Taiko, etc. Yeah. Running frequent tournaments and pushing the social media really helped the place. I feel I've gained so much insight into how arcades can still thrive. I think it's a real issue today that owners are so stuck in the past and are not aware, not aware of today's gamers' needs. It says, people my age who grew up in the 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s still don't get today's gamers who really are arcade, game, arcade players just as much as we were. In the past few months, a new crew have started coming in, about 10 kids in between 14 to 15 years old, who come to play Pump It Up, Pool, and Street Fighter V, mm. just like we used to do back in the day, and that's what's made it totally worth it. He's still got some more games coming in, Groove Coaster and UB that you were look, looking Ooh. for. He says Konami are being a bit difficult for okay. some reason, but he's going to try. He's going to try his best to get one. I love UB. I'd love wife would love to play that again as well. Mm, so he's coming from the point of view of the the thriving new arcade. Mm. Mm, he says the the kids are still like we were. They still want to 
meet and socialise and play the games. They're just different games. That's such a good thing. Love that. Yeah. I wonder if he's still got those ponies. Mmm. Mm, ponies are awesome. There's quite, yeah. a few, there's quite a few ponies around London, and that's where I got mine from. So maybe. And thanks for that, Toby. Thank you. Thank you. And the last bit of feedback is from Cine Steve, who we met at Steve's Meet. Nice bloke. Great podcast as usual, guys. Haven't much time to play at the moment, so we'll check out Gunsmoke and Ladybug soon. Did enjoy a bit of Flicky, though. Good to meet you two uh, as well at Steve's Meet. Gutted I had to work the next day and couldn't stay too late. Would have liked to have seen Sean Holly's tactics on asteroids. I'm awful at it. Yeah, it's, sorry I couldn't say goodbye properly, Steve. I was playing kicker at the time, I think, and I couldn't stop. Mm. Yeah, nice to meet him. Mm, yeah, nice to meet you, Steve. And talking about nice people, let's do some shout-outs. Steve, for the meet, and everyone else who was there. That's a quick one, isn't it? Easy one. There were loads of people, yeah. Same for me. And also, Paul Hayhurst, another player of our high school competition, a Meta Arcade Club the other week, so that's another guy I now know who's playing our games. Hiya, Paul! How you doing, fella? Phil Murray for fixing Turpin for me and also having me out on the phone. I rang him up about some ROM burning. Also, Steve Backflip of the Apple II discs. I hope his hand is feeling better after he tried to punch open a disc storage box. Much whiskey <laughs> was taken by him before he did that. Yes. I saw him with plasters on afterwards and thought, yep, yeah, that'll learn you, you silly sod. <laughs> silly sausage. Alex Nintendo Arcade for filming us for the YouTube vid. Thanks, Alex. And Ian Ski for making us eat pizza. He forced pizza upon us. Mm. Thank well, you. I, was, I was happy I was starving. It's brilliant. Thank you, yes. Ian. Oh, oh. Also, thank you to Sarge. Extra special. I'll just get the ping out for him. Resonant ping. Yep, Sarge. I went to see him the other day. Got a few things off him. Gave him a few things. And, yeah, nice to see him again and his crazy kids. Right then. My section, Tech Tips. Yes. This is part two of recapping a monitor. This is the desoldering and soldering the actual caps. You should have, if you following on from last time, you should have your chassis in front of you on the workbench. Got it here. Well done. Look at your cap map that probably came with the kit. I don't have a cap. I've got like a sombrero. Yes, wear a top hat, young man. (laughs) So you need to find out where these caps are going to be taken from the chassis and put in with the new ones. So you should have a little map telling you where they are. Or if you haven't, you can get some schematics for your monitor or at least a list of components on the chassis that you have to replace. Highlight the ones you're going to work on and locate them on the chassis. Make sure you have all the caps that you need. Turn the chassis over so you're working on the solder side of the board where the little pins are folded through from the bottom. Mm -hmm. You should have your soldering iron and your desolder pump at the ready or if you're as fortunate like I am, a desolder gun. I don't use solder wick. I've never used the stuff, but two people do like using that for removing solder, so you can do that if you want. Either way, it's your choice. Locate a cap you need to replace. The chassis usually has a letter and a number marking on the PCB, e.g. C54. But don't tend to rely on this alone. Some PCBs, on the chassis PCBs, have been known to have been printed incorrectly from the factory. Look at the cap you're replacing. Ensure you're replacing it with the same microfarad value, which is like a funny U-shaped thing. Mm-hmm. Remember, the voltage rating may be a bit higher, but never lower. So if you've got one that's coming off the PCB that's 25 volts, you can easily fit a 50-volt one into it. It's not a problem. You always go up, never go down. Mm. When you're certain you're working on the correct cap to be replaced, desolder the cap one leg at a time. There are plenty of YouTube videos, etc., to show you how to do this, but basically, you touch the hot iron on on the solder around the cap leg on the board until it melts. It melts very quickly and suck it up with the solder pump. You just press the button and sucks it up. Or you press the sucky sucky button on the desolder gun. Slurp. 
When both legs are desoldered, you can carefully ease the old cap out. Do not pull it if there's resistance. You don't want to pull off the solder trace from the chassis. That's a bad thing. Mm. If you've missed a bit of solder, repeat the desolder procedure again. The cap should come out easily. It should just be a hole that will just fall straight out. But make sure you take notice of which way the cap came out. Normal capacitors are polarised. One leg is positive, one leg is negative. When you insert the new cap, the longer leg is positive, and the negative leg is marked on the cap body with a stripe or an arrow. Make sure it's correct to the one that came out. But be careful again, as some chassis have been known to have printed wrongly from the factory. Keep your wits about you. Really? Yep. On, on, some, on the PCB, it will have a minus or a positive actually printed on the PCB, and you put the, the proper leg in. But when you take the old cap out, have a look where the minus is. And if it's correct to the PCB, you're all right. Just follow what the PCB says. But if it isn't, put it in the same way as you took the old one out. It's right. obviously been printed wrong. It doesn't happen often, but it, I have come across it before on monitors. You rinse and repeat this procedure until you've done all the caps in the kit. And what I do is I mark the top of the caps I've replaced with a marker pen so I don't go over them again. Because sometimes you might get confused and take it out, a brand new one, and put another one in. So if right. you put a little red mark or something on the top, you know you've done it. When you've finished this, you need to reassemble the chassis back into the monitor. I always ground the monitor tube and chassis anode cap again my HV probe from last time, just to be on the safe side. Plug all the other leads back in and double-check all the connectors and you're ready to test the monitor. I always have the on-off switch right next to me and look at the monitor chassis when I turn it all on, just to make sure nothing untoward happens. If you see any smoke, any pops or bangs, they are not a good thing. And if you do witness this, turn everything off quickly. You've probably made a mistake. Soldering a cap the incorrect way around could blow the cap and you will see smoke come out of it if you do that. I've never done one wrong because I've always been very, very careful and double and treble check my work. There's one note about um, capacitor polarities. You can get some bipolar caps for monitors that are usually only one or two in a kit. There's not many of them. And these can be soldered in any way round. They haven't got a minus stripe on like a, and they haven't got a longer leg on like a normal cap has. They're almost marked NP, non-polarizing, or BP, bipolar. Right. You should now have a monitor with less problems than it originally had. Oh. Mm. Do you think I might, I might need that, you know, because I've noticed recently my monitor, the brightness is just quickly flashing to dark light, dark light, very quickly, and it's doing it more and more often. Do you know what? My horizontal pony does that. When you've got a dark screen, you can see it go light and dark, light and dark, light and dark. Yeah. It could well be that. It could be a multitude of things, or, or you know, mm. I'm not really that skilled to say exactly what it is, but it could be a cap kit. Could be. Mm. They're not it's not, to do it's not that. that bad, but it, I notice it getting more frequent now, though. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the monitor in your machine might not have ever been capped, so that monitor could be 20 or 30 years old and never have the capacitors replaced. And yeah. they, do, they do wear out. They do dry out. There's like um Whatever they're made of, it dries out over time, and it can actually leak out as well. Yeah. So that's what happens when they, 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 and they don't capacitorize properly <laughs> whatever the word is for it wow well, that's all that technical guff out of the way let's have mm. a nice musical interlude what are we having we're having mr buckner and our garcia from the classic 1982 album pac-man fever and it's do the donkey kong and the reason i've chosen this is because uk vac guys last weekend ollie darren and bruce were dancing to it and i filmed them ah that was silly <laughs> wasn't it and it's on YouTube. You don't dancing. do drunken dancing when someone's got a video camera around, do you? <laughs> so just for those guys, is do the Donkey Kong.
Classic tune. I've actually got the CD of that, the original CD. My brother sent it to me years ago. It's brilliant. I've got it now, thanks to Darren. Thank you, mate. <laughs> okay, let's get on to the featured game review. Yes. This game... What is it? Tell me. ...is Gun Dot Smoke. Uh, we're not sure why there is a dot in the in between Gun and Smoke, but there you go. Hmm. It, it's from Capcom. Romstar distributed it in the USA November 1985. One stick, three firing buttons. Yes, three firing buttons. Mm. Designed by legend Yoshiki Okamoto, he of Time Pilot Gyrus 1942 Final Fight Street Fighter 2 fame. I think he had a bit of an off day when he did this one. It's not one of his better ones mm. from that pedigree, is it? Based on famous old TV show of the same name in, in America, which ran for 635 episodes... From 1955 to 75. Wow. And it was also a radio show for a few years in the 50s and 60s. How, how amazing is that? Yeah, wow. Is that why they put a dirty great dot in the middle of the two words so they wouldn't get sued? Could be, couldn't it? Yeah. Because good old Duke Wayne was in that. Get on off them horses. I don't favour looking up to the likes of you. Yes. It's a cowboy-themed vertical shoot-em-up with an unusual three-button firing system. So if you just imagine... What are them cabs with the buttons that are three buttons that are shaped like a triangle? They're UK cabs, aren't they? Um, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they they have um, two buttons on the bottom, one at the top in the middle. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of cabs that do that. I think um, electrical and cabs have a lot of that, that spacing. Mm-hmm. But you just imagine that. The top button will fight your cowboy it will shoot upwards yeah the left button he'll shoot diagonally up left the right button diagonally up right and he's got six shooters so he's got two bullets coming out of him at a time yeah yeah okay so if and if you press up and left he shoots at a slightly different angle and if you if you press up and right he shoots at a slightly different angle so you've got four or five different angles you can shoot at yeah if you shoot left and right he shoots across sort of diagonally both ways not not exactly across it's probably about yeah, at an angle. Uh, yeah, 30 degrees or 32 something. 32 degrees, I reckon. Yeah. I got a protractor on it and measured it. <laughs> so the other one is sort of like 15 degrees, sort of in the middle. Sort of yeah, kind of thing. you've got quite yeah. a range of shooting, haven't you? I've just had a great idea. Go on. He shoots northwest and northeast. Yeah. And then, if you press the two buttons together, he shoots north northeast and north north. West, is that right? I can see the little cogs in your brain going round and you're saying it's, that. It's hurting. But the worst anyway, thing about this game is you can't yeah. fire any southern directions. No. Mm, you can only fire sort of forwards, in different angles forwards. And if you let baddies get behind you, which is inevitable You're sometimes. in trouble. That's what happens. Don't yeah. let them bandits behind you, kids. Yeah, the story's great. You are Billy, 21 in brackets. Rid the town of bandits, age unknown brackets. Ten stages... Ten bosses. And millions and millions of baddies. Yeah, you're you're running up through. The first level is like a town that you're running through. The thing that helps you in this game is the power-ups, right? So Mm -hmm. these barrels that you have to shoot a a lot, you have to shoot them like five hits, I think, to open these barrels. Too many times, I think. Which is hard to do when you've got millions of cowboys trying to kill you. Yeah. Right, the power-ups, you get boots that speed you up. You get a rifle that increases the range of your bullets because they only go up about, I'd say, about a third of the screen at the start. Yeah. And then you've got bullets which actually fire. You've got a faster rate of fire, mm-hmm. which is essential for the third boss, I think. Yeah. These appear, when you collect these, they appear in little symbols along the bottom of the screen. So you've got little boots that appear, bullets that appear, and rifles. Yeah. And they go up to five each, but you can carry on getting them. It's just the, the display doesn't show them. Yeah, but, but why do you have five of them, though? Because you don't, don't get know. five times the speed and five times the range, do you? You only get one speed, one bullet, and one faster bullet. Right. Because when you die, you lose one of each of your... It's like stats, really. You oh, lose okay. Stats. So if you've got five, you can lose five of them yeah. as you die, and you won't... And then you go back to the start, but you won't lose your range and stuff if you just use one at a time. No, you'll still, you'll still be quick and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's it. not until the third level where you get the faster speed bullets. And if you get one of them and die, you're back to normal bullets. Oh. It's strange. It's um, unusual, that. Third level? Ha! <laughs> There's other pickups that you get from these barrels. Yeah. I've put umbrella question mark, but I think they're actually bottles of booze. They they're give little you... purple bottles, aren't they? Yeah, they give you points. I think it's 800 to 1,000. Moneybag gives you 1,000. Another bottle gives you 2,000. A star, if you can collect a star, gives you 10,000 points. Never even saw one. A POW, which is in a lot of Capcom games, clears the screen of baddies. Yep, it's like the white power up in 1942, isn't it? Yeah. It's like apart a smart from, bomb. Apart from the bosses that just stay there, the mm-hmm. silly bosses. Horse, which is a great power up. You can you then sort of on a horse and you can take three hits before the horse dies. It's very so, essential getting the horse. 
Oh, yeah. Mm. And there's also a little tiny cute cow. Have you seen a little cute cow? Moo! Just want to cuddle him like the disapproving sheep. <laughs> but he gives you an extra life. No, I never saw a cow. Didn't go that far. Uh, there's one on level three and four. Yeah, didn't go that far. Let's have a quick run through the levels. Level one is a town street. Watch out for the bandits in the windows. They shoot diagonally down at you. So you've got to shoot them diagonally. Mm-hmm. Also, Mr. T from the A-team throws annoying dynamite at you. They're not dynamite. Tee-hee. They're hot dogs. They look exactly yeah. like hot dogs, don't they? They're not great for you, but a hot dog is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I found out from watching one of these videos that you can run over the dynamite and pick it up. Yeah, you, you snuff them out, apparently. That's what you yeah. do. When you run over them, you, you can put them out if you don't if yeah. you hit them quick enough. Yeah. So I was trying to avoid all these and stop him back on the screen and getting killed. You just run through them, kill the bad guys, and then just wait for the dynamite to explode mm. or pick them up. End of level is kind of like Commando where the screen stops scrolling. Yeah. And then you're just rushed by other bad guys plus the Hundreds main Hundreds of them. Right? The main bad guy has a health bar of, um, I think it's like four to six bars. Yeah. So that's how many times you've got to kill him. Mm-hmm. The first guy, like, crouches down on his belly with a rifle and shoots you. You can't get him then. Yeah. When he jumps up to move, you can shoot him. Mm-hmm. And even the first guy's tricky, really. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of bad guys. You've got to, you've got to keep, keep mowing the bad guys down so there's not too many of them on the screen. Because there's bullets everywhere. It's like a bullet hell yeah. when you get that bit. Yeah, prize money you get is something like, $10,000 for the first boss and you get prize money after every boss. I like it when you kill a boss, it's got this sort of mug shot on a poster and it puts bullet holes in it. I like that yeah. little animation, it's quite cool. Yeah, it's good then, isn't it? Level 2 is a train track. Try not to let any of the grey bad guys get behind you as they mm. follow you up the screen shooting and it is so annoying because you cannot shoot them because they're behind you and apparently there's a way to get the experts, run up the screen and then run back again and they can sort of get behind these grey guys. Oh, but okay. you've got to get quite close to them to do it and they yeah. shoot at they shoot at close range and they shoot fast bullets. Mm-hmm. It's a cruel game and it is hard. Oh god, yeah. And there's guys with knives that dive off of buildings. Mm-hmm. Level three is a countryside with a river running through it which effectively splits the screen in two so you can be on the left or right of the screen and then run across bridges yeah. in the middle of the screen to get to either side. And I do that to get the power-ups. You can also get stuck behind the scenery on any level, and if the, the bottom of the screen scrolls up to meet you, it pushes you forward. Yeah, and if you're on a horse, it kills the horse it, off, apparently. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so don't get stuck with a horse. You can get stuck behind mm. something. If you're sort of trying to keep yourself covered from some fire, and then it will just put you in the middle again. It sort of mm. nips you over. But if you were the horse, it will kill your horse off and you lose your horse. Oh, no. Ah, I didn't know that. So there's other levels. There's, the, there's the, like a valley, a knackered town. Oh, you grew up in one of them. <laughs> An Indian settlement, which, which are now obviously Native Americans. Yeah, we, we call them Indians because they're make-believe. Yeah. They're, not, no, they're proper. In the olden days, they're American, Native American. Mm. Mountainous regions, there's farms. Um, the Indians appear as bad guys on level six as well. There's mm-hmm. wigwams instead of the town that you're going, running through. There's, they fire. I, I don't know how people do this. There's really fast arrows and spears that they're fire, firing, faster than the bullets that mm. the annoying grey guys. But those ones, you can shoot their fire. Can you? Can, you? Yeah, you can shoot the arrows, apparently. Oh, I didn't know I that. I did watch so... a video of someone 1cc in this, 
And yeah. God, it's so hard. You thought viewpoint was hard. Oh my lord, this is difficult. Mm. The Yashiki symbol, Yashichi, Yashiki symbol that is in a lot of Capcom games. That thing that looks like a throwing star. Yep, looks like a little sort of vortexy thing. Yep. That makes an appearance, as does the little dragonfly pirate from Sun Sun. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's great, though, isn't it? I like how they carry on. Yeah, I like it when they do some callbacks there in the game. That's nice. On level six, the backgrounds get more restrictive with blockades to go around and narrow bridges to cross. Yeah, you get sort of walls and stuff. You got you got to sort of make your way through, and it's like little little areas you can walk through. But obviously, they're getting fired upon quite a lot, so it cuts down your your wiggle room, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta have a little wiggle room. Got a yeah. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Animal skulls appear in the barrels, and you don't get them because they knock one stat off each of your power ups. Yeah, but you do get points for them, so the experts do grab them. Ah, yeah. Level six is very long. It's four times longer than any of the other levels, and you get eighty thousand mm. dollars for defeating the boss. It's like almost like an endurance test. Yeah. So if you can beat level six, I think you can do the other four levels after that. The the last boss is well, it's three bosses called the Wingate family, and you've got to kill three bosses mm, in one go, which is hard. The bosses have very imaginative names. The first one is called Master Winchester. That's yeah. quite a good name. Level two guy is called Roy. <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> called Dave. Dave Knife. Roy, and then underneath it says Knife. So I thought he's called Roy Knife, but he's not. Knife is his weapon. I, I call him Roy Knife. Dave Knife. Next one, Ninja Darts. He's not Ninja Darts. He's Ninja Darts is his weapon. Okay. Next one, Cutter Boomerang. Next one, Pig Joe. And then Dynamite. So he's not called Pig Joe Dynamite. Pig Joe Dynamite. He's a wrestler. Wolf Chief, you've got, then Goldsmith, then Lost Poobrill, and then Fat Man with a machine gun. It's a bit insulting. Well, you know you said there's ten levels in here. Yes. I, I was sort of reading about this, and it looks to me like on level six, where you get the uh, the Chief at the end, you get $80,000 for killing him off, and there's like yeah. a really, really long level. It looks like that was the end of the game. And they thought, oh, we've got more memory, we've got more time, we'll put another few levels on. It looks like that's what they've done, because it's the hardest level by far. You get the most points for killing the bad guy, and then there's a few more levels after it. Yeah. It does seem that the level six, which would have been enough for a game, I think, especially with that really long, long, long level at the end, but then they put some more on the end of it. And you don't yeah. get as many points for it. So you think you would get like, you know, for the number seven you get hundred thousand and hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand, but they've gone back to like twenty five grand again. Twenty five thousand for level seven boss, mm. yeah. Mm, so uh, what would your play tips be on this game, Mr. Marland? I would I would not play it. I would watch Duke Dang play it. Because mm. he is an expert at this game. And kindly, he did a video for us of him playing it and getting some really, really good scores at the Galloping Ghost. And he videoed it. And he, was doing, he was playing it and commentating on himself while he was playing it. And he didn't lose his temper once. I can't believe I it. He was really good. Such a nice guy as well. Thank you for doing that, Duke. It's really, really cool. And it's a three-and-a-half-hour Twitch stream. He so plays more than one game, and he, he talks yeah. about it, and he has a bit of a break. So you can spin through it. And I did watch quite a bit of it. I was watching him play. I was watching some of his tactics. And he continued a few times to try and practice for a few things. But in the end, his, his one run, best run, was 780,550, which is yeah. a top, top score. Isn't <laughs> That's it? amazing, isn't it? So, yeah, there, there is there is some um, play secrets and, and on the strategy wiki, which we use quite a bit, which is quite nice. That's in the show notes. Yeah, and there's also a one cc run from YouTube channel STG Weekly, which put in the show notes. 
Yeah, and that's really good. And and he's he's done the stream, the guy that's done it, he's filmed it, and then he's commentated afterwards. So they, oh, okay. So it's a replay, so he's got time to talk better about it. And he nice. says the secret to the whole game is shooting, keeping the grey guys dead yeah. and come up behind you. He says, do not let them clutter on the screen because there's, there's just too many bullets. Yeah. S- same with all shooting ups You've got to kill things as soon as they appear really but it's really important on this one because you just don't stand a chance if they if you've got three or four of them and then the the next wave of guys are appearing above you yeah they shoot really fast those ones as well it is yeah it looks like dan smash has done his gunsmoke video as well yeah good it dan and the one i was talking about with duke dang is twitch stream that's on there as well i think tips for this i realized this you really need to be played on a cab or with a controller with the buttons close together. Because on my Lord's Veil, this was the the buttons are only a centimetre apart, maybe. Yeah. And it starts giving you a case a mild case of arcade hand. You don't want arcade hand. Nobody wants no. arcade hand, pal. No. Yeah. And on a can on a candy cab like Mr. Charlie Farr's been playing on, the buttons are squashed right close together and I was playing on my hoary stick. Mm-hmm. And actually getting on a bit better with a stick because the buttons are a lot closer together. Yeah, you've got to use three buttons a lot of the time. So you don't want to be stretching your fingers out and getting an arcade hand, definitely. No, 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 no. But the game is just very, very difficult. And yeah, I think you've got to learn how to sort of... It's almost like patting your head and rubbing your stomach. You've got to sort of control with, with the joystick and shoot in different directions. So say you're running to the right and you're shooting to the left to get rid of guys, to get away from their fire. So there's a lot of that going on. And I wasn't yeah. very good at that. Um, and hence the game to me seemed very very difficult just that if it was a bit easier it would be a lot better game i think it's just too hard the the, the, yeah. the ramp goes up so quickly the learning curve it's just almost impossible i think well in the dips we're playing on normal difficulty so i knocked it down to easy i was going to try that was it any easier no ah some of, some games are like that they're not easier on easy they're almost the same i can't see any difference at all really yeah nothing because sometimes you you know if you knock it down one or two notches on the difficulty levels, you'll get you know half as many guys come at you, or they'll fire a little bit slow, or the boss will only have three health rather than four health or something. But yeah, you say there's no difference at all. No, I've not spotted oh, anything. How annoying! And also worryingly, there's difficult and extremely difficult. So oh my two, lord! How can it get harder than that? Two more settings after normal. Oh my lord! So I what think- do you think of the graphics and the sound of the game? Uh, I quite like it. It's very commanding. So do I. I think it's very, very well presented because as you're looking down onto the, the vertical play field, it's sort of got like a pseudo 3D perspective. So you see the building sort of coming out at you. And I like that. And the graphics are really well drawn. They're all really colourful. They're really well themed. All the little cowboys and the bad guys look really, really good. And the in between levels are really nice where you see the, the sort of pictures of the bad guys. The posters come up you've got to get. And it, it sort of shoots along the words what you've got to do and who you've got to kill. Mm. I think that's really, really nice. And like a lot of Capcom games, they're really, really well presented. I mean, there's no Capcom games we don't like the, the graphics on, do we? No, yeah, I think this is really good. I like the style of all these early Capcom games. Mm. Really nice graphical style. Yeah. Yeah. The music is really nice. I like that as well. I love the music, yeah. It's not mm. my favourite cowboy-themed music. That honour mm. goes to Iron Horse. I, oh. love the, I love the banjos on that at the end. It's so good. 
they've got to play that again, you know that. Yeah, well, it, why is it never in an arcade? Yeah, get onto Andy, know. get an arcade club. It's such a cool yeah. game. Because you normally see Green Beret everywhere, don't you? Yeah. But not so much Iron Horse. And Iron Horse is just as good a game, I reckon. Yeah. It's easy. I like, I like the um, I like the death animation on Gunsmoke as well. Because your, your, your cowboy sort of spins around and he falls on when his hat falls off. Yeah, really like that, that. Isn't it? it's excellent it's amazing what they can do with these just so small amount of pixels and they get that that detailed little animation in lovely there. it is lovely the background graphics are they don't change that much to be honest they you've get got... a bit samey don't they I like the second level you've got the there's a sort of locomotive train goes up the side and there's a train track that's quite nice but on the later yeah. levels i watched on video they're a bit dull, a bit the same, you know, the same sort of bridges and same pattern, same sort of walls. So they sort of got a board t- towards it, which also makes me think the game went on a bit too long, you know? Yeah. Hmm. It is a long game for. How many levels has Commando got? Is that five? Five or six, I think, yeah. Mm. Not as many as I this. Think this is, uh, I think this is harder on Commando, which is an hard game anyway. Yeah, yeah. I concur. Mm. I totally agree, yeah. So I didn't enjoy the game as much as I thought I would. Because I thought this game was good, and I always think they're good. And then when you get into playing them properly and getting a bit more technical, a bit more competitive, it, the, the effect wears off for me a little bit. I, yeah. I got sort of against it a little bit because it was too hard. But I love the look of the game, I love the sound of the game, and I like watching people play it well. I just, I cannot. So I gave I up early on that it. one. I did play it quite a lot, and I do quite like it, but... It, I do think it is too hard. It's like mm. Truxton hard. You've got to learn because there's no randomness to when the bad guys appear. This is what Charlie Farr was saying. He says you can learn it, which I think you can. So you can you can avoid them if you learn it. You can avoid the situations where you're walking up the screen and a guy or these the little grey guys appear from left or right of the screen, yeah. right near where you are, and fire immediately. Yeah, they fire dead. very close to you, which I don't like in games. You know, mm. if, if, they're, if they're within like an inch of you, they shouldn't yeah. be able to fire at you, but they do. And that can catch you mm. out a lot. And I got quite a lot, and it was frustrating. Yeah. But also, not just us thinking it was too difficult and sort of giving up on it a bit, the Twitter followers did exactly the same. They started playing Tetris um, sequel, one of the Grandmaster games instead. Yeah. <laughs> so they got the same ideas with. I'm not playing. I'll play something else instead. Much better game. That was the most comments we got about how difficult it was. Mm, yeah, mm. definitely was. So not a really a winner that one, I'm afraid. Shall we no. do the scores? Yes. Right here we go. We still had a lot of players though, so thanks everyone for playing. Well, thanks for playing, keeping up with us. Neil sixteen thirty seven did not like it. He's got just under twenty thousand. Dan Smash got 26,250. Andrew Driver, 35,000. Robert Hazelby, 63,800. Ed Horse. <laughs> Can't do that. Can you put a sample in there? Yes. Okay. 68,000. I'm rounding these up, by the way. I'm not, because I'm perfection. Paul <laughs> Hayhurst, 77,800. Mark K, 80,000. Me, 80,400. Mark Happy Dude, 87,000. Stacey King, 90,350. Mr. Tronads. He did well. Yeah, 157,000, even though he didn't like it. Thrift Store Rainbow, that's a new one on us. Yeah. 196,250, well done. And in third place is me, 266,000 roughly. Good score, mate. Mm. What level was that? Five. Oh, my Lord, that's really well done. Once I beat level three, which I only did three or four times... The ninja at the end of level three is 
difficult. He's he more jumps difficult. around like a jumpy round thing. It's more difficult than the following two bosses. So I beat oh, wow. him and then went straight through level four without dying and got to level five. I did that twice. So you can learn it then. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Our Charlie Farr did very well. 662,000 points. What level did he get to? He got to the end of level six several times and couldn't beat couldn't. the Indian. That's where Duke it, was having the problem with. Yeah. I think it peaks there. I think that is the most difficult part. Yeah, he said that as well on the video. Mm. So well done to Duke Dang, 780,550, which beats his old arcade score of 680-odd, won't it? Well done, Duke. That's brilliant. So yeah, thank you well again, done. Duke, for doing that for us. It's brilliant. We like that. And well done to everyone else, Charlie Fire as well, for the tips last night. And thanks to everyone who was playing. Yeah, if you've got a low score, send it in anyway. There'll be mm. a few with low scores and a few with high scores. Don't worry about it. We like to hear you playing. It's good. I also watched Duke playing Centipede. He's a bit of a master mm. of that as well. Yeah. Really good. So hopefully he'll keep up with us on some of these games and send us some expert tips. Be nice. Yeah. Cabinet art, there wasn't really any. It was sold as a kit, wasn't it? A lot of those early Capcom ones were, weren't they? Yeah, perhaps they didn't have a lot of money back in the day, did they? they were Maybe just like not. A... Or didn't have the production facilities to make the cabinets and stuff. Because yeah. even Nintendo used to get people to make their cabinets for them back then. And Sega, I think. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So the cabinet art was... There's a marquee with the, with a the Gunsmoke theme on it, which I quite like the the, um, the sort of old-time font. It's quite smart. And the mm. side art was a guy, your young, young man with his big hat on, his six-shooters. And you got you got a control panel overlay as well. So it was a usual kind of kit thing. Obviously mm. the PCB and stuff as well. But they're quite nicely drawn, aren't they? They're sort of Western-themed. Yeah. Like yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. So the US flyer mentions that Pac-Man and Centipede quick kits, and if you look, at, if you just put in Gunsmoke arcade cabinet and Google, you'll find a lot of Galaxian cabs been converted as well, and Pac-Man yeah. cabs and all that sort of stuff. So they obviously they made the kits to the certain size that would fit on these cabinets. So you can just trim them mm. around, maybe made them a little bit oversized so they fit different control panels and such, which is a yeah. good idea. There's also a soundtrack release, a soundtrack album. Oh, nice. So there were some ports to this game. Uh, it went on the MSX p- computers, the PC, Amstrad and Spectrum, and that was as Desperado Gunsmoke. Mm. Uh, PlayStation 1 and Saturn got it as part of the Capcom Generations 4. And the NES, this is an interesting one, a lot of the games are slightly different on the NES. They received yeah. quite a different version, which looks pretty similar and, and a lot easier as well. I watched a video of it, and I might have to play it on my, my Famicom EverDrive. And you can actually talk to people in it and buy things off yeah. them, like a lot of these role-playing elements too, which is quite smart. So instead of oh. getting all the, the power-ups, I presume you've got to earn money and buy them. It's mm. just an interesting take on the game. But the game looks easier on the NES, so I like the look of that. Mm. Because I think a lot of games are slightly different on the NES version. They've been expanded for the, the more sort of home use. So I remember yeah. Green Beret's got extra levels that isn't in the arcade, which is quite smart. Right, so overall thoughts and improvements. Oh, there can be some improvements, yeah, definitely. I would obviously make it easier. Mm -hmm. People like, you know, I think Charlie Farr enjoyed the difficulty level. That's because he's he's a god of gaming. Because he's so good, he enjoyed the challenge of that difficulty level. But for us mortals, it's not not ideal, is it? No, definitely not. So I'll tell you what I would do with the controls. I'd have one fire button. Yeah. When you're running forward, you're pressing fire, you're shooting forward. 
when you're strafing left or right, you press still pressing the same button and you're shooting forward and northwest or northeast. What do you reckon to that? That happens? might work, yeah, because on the notes you put it slightly different, and it, mm. you need to to have the directional firing. So say mm. you're running to the right and trying to avoid something and you're still shooting the guys out the left-hand side, you need to be able to do that. So, yeah, you'd have to have something where you could do that because if it was like Commando, it wouldn't work very well. And also in Commando, you can shoot behind you. I think if you'd shoot behind you, it would be better as well. Yeah. But it's, that's mm. why everyone says it's almost like 1943. And mm. I, I would almost bet it was made with the same engine. Do you know? Because you can't shoot backwards on 1942 or 1943. Charlie Farr said it. Yeah, he said exactly the same last night. It reminds him of 1943, and he can't put his finger on why. Because of the speed of it, I think. Because in 1943, you get everything flying. It gets really, really quick, doesn't it? A lot quicker than 1942. And that's why I don't like 1943 so much. I think it's just too mad. And that was done by Yoshiki Okamoto as well. Ah, well, there you go. I reckon it's the same same sort of engine they used on it, I reckon. And I Could think the be. PCBs are similar shapes, you know, because I've actually got a gun smoke, and I used to have a bootleg 43, so maybe that's what it is. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And less shots to shoot the barrels. One yep. or two shots, because sometimes you're going for the barrels because you want the speed-ups, and you're concentrating on shooting them and not getting the guys, and they're hitting you. So, mm. yeah, you need to, be able to shoot them quicker, I think, or even one shot to blow them up. Because you've still got to hit them and then go and collect them. And maybe a smart bomb button, like you throw dynamite or something. Like Commando, yeah, definitely. Mm. But then that'd be four buttons, or in, maybe two. No, that'd be in my system. It'd be two buttons. Yeah, yeah. You make you make sense there, son. Makes sense. That's, that's a surprise. It is. <laughs> so no more yeah, on the game part. It's too damn hard, but we still like the look of it. I quite like it. Yeah, I've played it more than I would normally play a, a game that I didn't like. So I quite kind of like it. Does that make sense? <laughs> well done for sticking at it. I just got really yeah. frustrated with it and I couldn't play it anymore. So I played some other stuff instead. It is a sweary game, definitely. Mm. It's unfair, I think. That's that one out of the way. Let's go on and do a little bit of art of side art. This time we have chosen. Tranquilizer Gun, a 1980 game from Sega. It's a maze game. Mmm, I like maze games. And it's got a very nice cab. Go on, you explain, that You're a lot better at cab explaining the them. The cabinet, I've got a picture in front of it, us here, and it's also on the show notes. It's quite difficult to explain visually on an audio mm. podcast. But it's called Tranquilizer Gun. It's got a really nice marquee at the top. And you've got a, a bright pink elephant on the right-hand side. I've just noticed it's a pink elephant. And some monkeys. Oh, yeah. So you can imagine it's got a lot to do with animals in it. And you, you've got to tranquilise them with your gun. So it's quite nice you're not killing them, for a start. Mm. And the cabinet is quite an upright cabinet. It's a tall cabinet. It's taller than fire truck, which is in our picture. It's next to it. And the, the side of it is full side art. It's got a blue elephant on the side, which is more close to the real-life one. Sort of greyish colour than a pink one. There's a lion on there, a big ape in a tree. It's got Sega on the side of it. There's trees and there's a snake on the floor. Looks really cool, sort of animals in the sort of jungle scene. And on the marquee, it looks very like the gameplay because the gameplay maze is made up of sort of hedges, green hedges, and it's got yeah. a sort of hedge shape around the outside of the bezel as well. Mm. The control panel on the one we're looking at is very, very sparse. It's just a black control panel. But the weird thing about it, you've got a tiny little chupa chups lolly as a joystick with a <laughs> tiny ball on it, and yeah. you've got a, le- a button on the left hand side. So you're controlling with your right hand, pressing the button with your left hand. Which I play Dig Dug that way around, but this yeah. you've got to play that way because it's not a, it's not a left or a right-handed game. It's just a left a right-handed game. 
So you've got to do that. It's got two tiny little buttons for one player and two player. But on the front of the cabinet, it's got some sort of kick art on the sort of knee level with more mm. elephants and, and monkeys and stuff and a guy with the gun shooting the tranquilizers into them. And mm. it's also got the coin door bit on the right-hand side and the coin box door is on the right-hand side at the bottom, which looks a bit out of place. Should be in the middle, mm. really. Obviously, the coins went down the right-hand side of the game. Yeah. All in all, a lovely cabinet. I've never seen one in the flesh, though, so it must be quite a rare cabinet. It's an old one. Yeah. Gorgeous looking, though. Really, really colourful. I like it. Yeah, very colourful. I like that, yeah. Have you played the game? No, but I'm going to try it. It's strange. It's very slow and clunky, and it's got colour clash like Spectrum. <gasps> wow. It looks like a Spectrum game. Oh, I bet you it's a, Z- I bet it's a Z80 hardware. Yeah. It does look like one, actually. I can see the, the, the game on the screen now. It does look like a, Z- a Spectrum game. I'll try that out, mate. Yeah, yeah have a do. Have Ooh. a do. Okay, that's that bit finished. And now we're moving on to Hardware Heroes. It's one of mine. Yeah, I've this got... is my bit, and you've sabotaged it because you've nicked, you've nicked my bit. I'm having that. So you were going to choose a Capcom CPS one. You have to wait till next time. Mm, I'm going to choose... What I was going to choose. I'm going to choose Scramble Hardware. This is old Konami hardware. It had a Z80 CPU, which is a common one in 8-bit computers back then, at 3.072 megahertz. The sound CPU was a Z80 again at 1.789750 megahertz. Mm. And the sound chip was two AY8910s, which is a common and well-loved sound chip. Very basic, yeah. At 1.78975, but brilliant. And the resolution was 224 by 256 which is also a very common resolution in arcade games, with 32 colours max. I'm just going to read out some of the games you can get on this system hardware because it's some real classics on here. Six hundred. Surprised at this. Really. Yeah, six hundred, which is yeah. another name for turtles. Well, that's yeah. a slightly different version, one, isn't it? Yes, because there was one with cars rather than than bugs. They're very fast cars. Mm. Yeah. Eight hundred fathoms or Mariner, which is a scramble sort of clone. Amadar, different versions of Amadar. Antita, which is a great game. Armored Car, Battle of Atlantis, Calypso, Cavelon. Crazy Kong, which is a funky-coloured, horrible Donkey Kong clone. Dark Planet, Devilfish, Frog, which is a funky-coloured bootleg of Frogger, which plays exactly the same. Mm. Hot Shocker, Hunchback, which is a silly game, which we both enjoy. Knockout, Knockout! Looks like <laughs> a me- it looks like an Amadar clone done by the Ku Klux Klan. Because the, the name of the manufacturer is KKK for some reason, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Oh. I, I don't approve. Lost Tomb, awful game. Mars, you have to play this. It's the Lord's game. It plays right. hymns in the background as you play it. Really? I've played it before. It's a really odd little game. Two-joystick game. It's a lot of fun, though. Minefield, which is very similar to Rescue. Excellent game. Moon War. New Sinbad 7. Rescue, which is a brilliant twin-stick game. Scramble, of course. Speed Coin. Strategy X. Super Bond. Super Cobra, which is a really, really difficult version of Scramble. I was playing yeah. it earlier, and I did a few continues to get on through the levels. It gets so hard. I can mm. do scramble normally every time. I can loop it. This one has got ten levels rather than five or six, which scramble's got. God, it's so difficult. Mm. Tasmania, which we did a long, long time ago. Great little game. We used to play in a chip shop when I was a kid. You loved that one, didn't you? I love that game. The Billiards, uh, The End, which is a kind of Galaxian game. Triple Punch, and the Turpin and Turtles and all different versions we did recently. Ultra Dome and Video Hustler. There's some classic games on that hardware. And as well as that, a lot of people bootlegged stuff onto the hardware. I've seen, I think I've seen Galaxian on Scramble hardware and loads of different games with sort of 
fudged onto it to play. Because yeah. apparently the Scramble Harbour was easy to crack. There was no sort of encryption on it. So people right. used it for lots of bootlegs and stuff. Really uh-huh. good bit of hardware. So loved a lot of those games. And they're ones I played as a kid. So old, oldie games, sort of 80, 83. I'm sorry, 83. Yeah, so it looked like it had maybe like a two or three year sort of run in the arcades, didn't it? Yeah, but lots and lots of stuff on it. Because Stern used yeah. their licenses on it as well, and, and different companies use it. Yeah, I like the graphics on, definitely on Scramble, and some of these others, they're all good graphics. I like the style, like the early Capcom games. Amidar's yeah. got really nice graphics for some reason. I, they appeal to me then. Hmm. I'm not too good at the game. I like playing it now and again, but I can't really get into the mechanic of it because there is a way of doing it. I've seen Bruce mm. Bazfish play it really well, and he's just got he's just clicked with it and he can play it for like almost forever. I think I'm not sure, but I think the baddies will take the next jun- if they're moving down towards you. They'll take the next junction. Yes, they do. On, on the on the maze. They you can work it out. To- yeah, yeah. You can you work can it out of- if you're quick. Yeah, know what you're doing. Yeah. So we're nearly there. Let's talk about next show's game. We've sort of discussed this a little bit. Yes. It was going to be your pick, but I've muscled in. Yes. <laughs> you can have your pick another time, young man. And <laughs> we're going to do the 60-1 Chinese PCB. It's a tiny little board. A lot of arcade collectors have got them because they're cheap and cheerful. You can get yeah. them for about 35 to £50, pounds, and they've got 60 games on. Not yeah. quite 60 games. Because some of them yeah. are repeated a little bit. You've got like Pac-Man Speed Up and Pac-Man This, Pac-Man That, Galaxian, Fast Bullets and all that sort of guff. But mainly, there's a lot of games on there. Yeah. And they're classics as well. Some odd ones, which we'll get into. Yeah. So we're going to do the 16-in-1. If you haven't got a 16-in-1 or you're using a main PCB, you can just go on Google, or we'll probably put a link in the show notes for the game list, and you can just play the games on yeah. main with us. And we're not going to do a massive show on it, because we've got 60 games to cover, or say 50 Mm. games maybe, so we're going to do a quick review on each, get a quick score, play a few times, get a quick score, and we'll see how we get on. But not not strictly a a competition this time, but we'd like you to play with us and tell us your views on it, and tell us what you think of the games, especially if you've got a 60-in-1, because the emulation on it is not as good as MAME, and obviously not as good as the originals, but it's pretty good. Mm. A lot of sound issues on it, unfortunately, we all know about that already. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think um, from what I've played of mine, I think it's an excellent value for money bit of kit. Hell yeah, less than a pound mm. a game, so that's pretty good, Oof. isn't it? Yeah, and in the future we will do the 19, which is a very similar one, but it's horizontal games, because all the games on the 61 are vertical games. Got you yep. put your telly on side. So, sideways yeah, telly. Yeah, sideways telly. So viewers, tell us your favourite game from the 16-1 and why. Yep. And the winner we will give a million pounds to. And I'm glad that Sean Holly is stumping up the million pounds for that. When I say a million pounds, I mean a pound. When I say a pound, I mean Nothing. a shout out. Yes, <laughs> you'll get a shout if you're lucky. So yeah. go and play 60 and 1, and we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Yes, thank you for listening, and goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>